it. Uh, currently, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, probably about uh, 59 right now. <sighs> yeah, uh, that sounds great. Like that, yeah. It's getting so outside. <laughs> yeah, I'm Val Porter. Uh, police in West Mifflin are helping residents burglar-proof their homes. West Mifflin police officers have been going door-to-door. 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 They've been uh, going door-to-door. They've been going door-to-door. Uh, looking at interior and exterior security designs in the hopes they can keep a burglary from ever being attempted. Following the assessment, police give the residents a detailed report on if their home would be considered an easy target. Well, that's a nice little service they're yeah, providing there. good for West Miff. Pittsburgh police are still searching for the driver of a car that struck two people outside a Northside bar Saturday morning. Investors, investigators say Kirsten Dixon tried to hit her ex-boyfriend with her Jeep oh. after an altercation at Junior's Bar on East Ohio Street. You go to Junior's? I don't go to Junior's. Okay. Police say she missed the man uh, but did hit two women crossing the street. The two are being treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Well, I'm glad nobody's... Oh. In danger of losing their lives. I think Junior's, is that the one across from uh, Park House? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Adult film star Stormy Daniels is suing President Trump for defamation. Over a tweet earlier this month, Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, claims she's been harmed by the president's reply to a tweet in which he called a sketch of a man she alleges threatened her a total con job. She claims Trump's comment amounts to accusing her of making up the story and has exposed her to ridicule and violent threats. Daniels claims she was approached in a Las Vegas parking lot by a man who warned her to remain silent about her alleged sexual encounter with Trump in 2006. She says he suggested something bad could happen to her. She worked with the forensic artist on the sketch. The lawsuit was filed yesterday in federal court in Manhattan. Uh, have you seen the people who have connected that guy and that drawing to the head of security at uh, the Trump Casino in Vegas? No, no. Have they made that? I thought it was Tom Brady. It did look like Tom Brady. It it looked a little bit like Tom Brady, but this is, I don't know if she has a case here. Because? Because, well, I mean, I do agree with the one job that she's not guilty of doing is a con job. Right. I mean, there's definitely probably a couple other jobs she did. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, But can you defame a porn star? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. You know, um, it's like we that's already a think pretty you're a porn star. sticky career. I guess he's calling her a liar. I don't know if that is defamatory. Now, look, say what you want about me going down on hundreds and hundreds of um, <laughs> actors. Yes. Yes. You've done that. But. Don't you dare call me a liar. Don't you call me a liar. Sure. I've had sex with hundreds of guys I never really knew their last names. But a truth teller I'll always be. <laughs> Ashley Judd suing Harvey Weinstein for allegedly sexually harassing her and damaging her career. She claims the disgraced film producer got back at her for refusing his sexual advances in the 90s by telling the casting directors for Lord of the Rings movies she was horrible to work with. Judd says the alleged comment convinced the directors not to put her in the films and also restricted her ability to find other work. I have no doubt this is true. Her suit also includes claims from Uma Thurman, Selma Hayek, and other actresses who say Weinstein threatened to harm their careers if they turned down sexual advances. The 66-year-old is facing multiple other suits from actresses accusing him of sexual harassment and assault. He's also currently under investigation in New York, Los Angeles, and London. For sure that's happened. I yeah, mean, it, no question. This dum-dum thinks he's getting back into Hollywood, too, apparently. There was some interview somebody gave, and they said they spoke with him, and he said he he thought he was going to be forgiven. Where is he? 
I don't know. Is he on the run a little bit, or just where do all super these guys go? Low? I, I have no idea. Him Where's and Matt Kevin Lauer Spacey? And Louis C.K. and Kevin Spacey? Are they on an? Are they on that plastic garbage island? I hope so. Let's That'd hope. be nice. Let's hope. Did you see? Did you see Weinstein in the Gary Shandling documentary and get straight chills? Like uh, Serena and I were like, oh, very weird. There's Weinstein. He started out as a rock promoter in Buffalo. <laughs> How like yeah. his improbable trek across the country and rise to success is like, well, it's just weird how many you know you think L.A. and you know everybody's so quick and they always say you know oh the the West Coast elites and all that it's like they're, they're all people from the East Coast that moved out there man oh yeah like the most powerful people in Hollywood weren't born in Los Angeles I mean most of, I mean Jimmy Miller's a Pittsburgher you know yeah the guy's the biggest guy in comedy basically. Well, I mean, I was reading this book. It's called it's it's called An Empire of Their Own by Neil Gabler, and it's about the 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 beginning of the film industry out there. All of the all of the production heads are all these Jewish guys from that Brooklyn, migrated right? from New York. And, yeah, you know that were like fur trappers and and salesmen, and you know early nineteen hundreds just took a train out there yeah. and started making movies. Um, yeah, well, Weinstein uh, went with Brad Gray from Buffalo because they both were representing Bob Saget. It all started with Bob Saget. How crazy is so that? Strange. Bill Cosby reportedly says, "Boy, this is, the news is really full of uh, nice well, things. Well, wonderful people this morning." Bill Cosby reportedly says he's mentally preparing for time behind bars and compares himself to former South African President Nelson Mandela. Of course, he does. Hmm. Page six of the New York Post published a column stating Cosby had spoken with them repeatedly over the past year under terms that nothing could be publicly released during his trial. During the interview, he reflected on the time when he and his wife met Mandela, where he was held at Robben Island. Cosby's spokesman has denied that he gave an interview to the paper and claims that everything is false, but the Post stands by the story. Cosby is out on $1 million bail and is awaiting sentencing. Robert Plant. Set to launch a North American tour with his band, the Sensational Space Shifters. In support of his new album, Carry Fire, the 13th stop trek will begin June 8th in Atlanta and stop in cities such as Toronto, Chicago, Redmond, Washington, before ending in Vancouver on June 29th. Plant and his band will return to the U.S. in September for festival appearances in Delmar, California, Telluride, Colorado. I'd really like to go to that Telluride Blues and Brews. It's a great festival. Uh Louisville and uh, other uh, uh, towns ticketing and more information. Go to his website. Robert Plant on tour. Kind of hey, cool. w will it include a roast of Greta Van Fleet? It may. I hope. Yeah. And uh, also, Oreo rolling out some new exotic flavors. Stop it, Oreo. Yeah. Just stop it. The three new limited edition flavors are cherry cola. Garbage. Kettle corn. Get out of here. And Pina Colada. Stop it, stop it, stop it. The company called on the public to submit suggestions, and the brand selected these three as the finalists. The company apparently used judging criteria that also included taste, appeal, creativity, and originality. They also conducted rigorous taste tests. Rigorous sounds like they, rigorous. Were, sounds like they were shaking the people as they were eating them. <laughs> this is a very rigorous taste test. Uh, they selected the... Three flavors after those rigorous tests. Oreos now trying to pick a winner from the three finalists and is hosting a contest to determine the public's favorite. We're I guess they're just bored of making money. And I just they're want just, people to pay attention to them. 
It's like when you know Rolling Stone puts out a list to piss everybody off, just to get everyone talking about them. You can vote on the final three at myoreocreation.com. Myoreo. The winning flavor creator will get $500,000. What? Half a million? For a garbage cookie? It's already been perfected. What are they doing? I don't know. And uh, lastly, finally, last but not leastly, when the stress of finals week is too much to take, students at the University of Utah can lock themselves in a closet for a while. Have you seen this? I haven't. The cry closet. That's right. The cry closet. Oh, I have seen this. Is a little room in the middle of the library on the Salt Lake City campus. It has a plush floor and stuffed animals inside. Stop. A note on the door reads: They have jalapeno Oreos in there. This space is meant to provide a place for students studying for finals to take a short ten-minute break. The cry closet will be shut down once finals are over later this week. I thought this was a joke when it came up, and it very well may be, but... Could be. It could be like kids snorting uh, condoms. Right. Is it really a thing? Or did one person do it as a joke, and now everybody's... You know, the Today Show is doing a segment on it. We've all cried in the closet, kid. Grow up. Grow up. Don't name it. Cry in a bathroom stall silently like the rest of us. (laughs) All right, big show for you today. Of course, talking a lot of pens. Game three tonight here in Pittsburgh. The news yesterday, of course, no suspension for Tom Wilson. Of course, there's not. Not even a hearing. No. Why Are you surprised? You? No, not at all. Not, not at all. And uh, also, we'll, we'll be talking with uh, Jay Caulfield, 715, Mike Lang, 845, Jerry Dulac, 915. As the Steelers continue to make sense of this 2018 draft. Which I I don't know. I've been wrong in the past when I loved it. And it turned out to be not so great. Right. So How th- do you know? This year, uh, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't seem so great. And it, uh, I don't feel I don't feel legitimate jumping in with criticism after I paid zero attention to anything leading up to the draft. It doesn't yeah. feel right to jump in and be like, I can't believe they did this. Yeah, no, I I fully rely on reviewing the draft and yes. then learning about who they drafted rather than trying to figure out who they drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, because when they're so far now, when they're at like twenty eight, you know, it could be anybody by then. Could you know, if you're anybody. top ten, we're all over it. Everybody's studying the draft because that's all you have to hang your hat on is who are we going to get to save us? You know, when you're when you're at the bottom and in the playoffs, and the Steelers have been for a long time. Yeah. You're less concerned with that than you are about how we beat the Patriots. Uh, Mike will have a review of that sports for you, too, coming up. Steve Miller, it's the DV Morning Show. So we were just uh, briefly talking about this off air, the the spillover from the Michelle Wolf uh, White House Correspondents Dinner performance. You know, pissed off a lot of people, and um, uh, a lot of people came to her defense, and Dave Chappelle waited on it yesterday. I really uh, respected what I saw. Um, I don't know who those people think they are that she she can't say that to them. They offend people all the time. And I think that for many people, not everybody who watched it, but for many people, it's cathartic to watch that woman speak truth to power like that. 
And whether they understand it or not, there was an enormous amount of levity in what she did. But it was very flat-footed, and it was grounded in her truth. And whether I agree with it or not, I gotta respect the artistry. I gotta respect the gangster. I know how hard it is to do what she did in front of that lame crowd. And she, I think she nailed it. I thought it was beautiful. And I, I didn't see her pander once. And I thought that was beautiful. I, you're almost split down, you know, your political ideology here. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are, uh, you know, part of the resistance loved it. And the people who like what's happening right now in the Trump White House hated it. Um, the one thing that I thought was interesting, and of course, no surprise that Chappelle would come to her defense there or, or at least give her support. But the one thing I thought was interesting is how many people think that Sarah Sanders looks were attacked. And so that was a big part of it. Oh, she she crossed the line when she attacked her looks. Now, she she actually complimented her makeup and used that as a device for a joke. She never said anything about her looks, but she did attack Chris Christie and basically called him a fat ass. And when they showed him, he was eating. And uh, she attacked Mitch McConnell's looks, saying that his neck, I can't remember what she said. It looked like uh, it was uncircumcised or something like that. Well, I don't understand why Sarah Sanders, even if that was the case, why her looks would be out of bounds. Well, this is my point, is that nobody cared about Mitch McConnell or Chris Christie. They're like, I, uh, no, no, yeah, his, his neck does look if like you're, a turkey. If you're torching the room, <laughs> right. you're like, like what, a smoky, a smoky eye comment is, is out of bounds? It's like, dude, you're, she's there to do a job. And look, I, smoky I, eye is makeup. I told you off air, and this is, I'm, I don't know if I'm in the minority here, but I, didn't think it was that funny and also don't care about the people who are acting offended. Right. Like I, 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 you know, it was just, I watched it. It happened. And you know, I just found it interesting that everybody was mad about her making fun of Sarah Sanders looks, which, you know, again, she, she only, she didn't, she made, she used her makeup as a device for a, an awful joke. I thought that was the, one of the worst jokes. But nobody cares that you make fun of Chris Christie's weight. Nobody cares that you make fun of Mitch McConnell's uncircumcised neck. Like, <laughs> that, that is totally okay. He's got to get that thing circumcised. <laughs> he though. does. I mean, if anything, it should have been an intervention for that. Mike's got your sports when we come back. The Pens getting set for game three tonight at PBG Paints Arena. Ovi and the Capitals come to town. Status on Dumlin? I don't know. He was at practice in a no-contact uh, jersey yesterday. But I can't imagine he'll be playing. Will Gino be back? Will Hagelin be back? These questions and more will be broached by Mike Pursuta. Sports next on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And it's game three tonight, Mike. Yeah, it is. A sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Game three between the Pens and the Caps is scheduled for 7.30 tonight. Not 7 o'clock, 7.30. Yeah, a little later. At your PPG Paints Arena. And on your Pens flagship, 105.9. The ex Brian Dumoulin at practice yesterday and doing what he normally does when Brian Dumoulin practices. Yeah, I felt I felt normal. I felt good out there. It was uh, it was fun to be back out there, and, and uh, I think it was definitely good that I skated today and, and gives me confidence throughout the throughout the time we've met with the doctors and we've gone through the appropriate steps to to try to get me back and and make sure that I'm okay when I come back. I mean, obviously concussions you don't want to rush or 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 anything anything hit to the head. So for me, I'm just trying to take the appropriate steps. 
Now, Mike Tomlin uh, said everybody's a game-time decision. That would include of getting Malkin, Carl Hagelin, and Dumlin. Uh, Dumlin mentioning just a moment ago that he had a concussion, so I don't know if he's uh, a realistic candidate for tonight, but he's at least uh, on the way back, back practicing and, and in his normal routine, so that uh, can be perceived as a positive. Uh, Tom Wilson will presumably be available for the Capitals because there's been no discipline. There was no disciplinary hearing. No surprise with there. The Department of Player Safety. Uh, Brian Dumlin didn't really have an opinion on that yesterday. That's not for me to say. I mean, I'm not the one to make any decisions on that, obviously. Uh, um, I care more about myself than I do him. And I just want to make sure that I'm good and, and I'm taking the appropriate steps to uh, make sure I can come back and play when I'm ready. Pens have been uh, an outstanding team on home ice in the Mike Sullivan era, particularly in the postseason. But tonight they'll be trying to avoid losing a third consecutive postseason home game. Uh, that's a rarity. That hasn't happened uh, three in a row at home on the wrong side since games 2-5 and 7 against Tampa Bay in 2011. And, uh, Is that the year we were without Sid and Geno? Yes. But it's also the year they had a 3-1 to lead in the series and weren't able to finish it off. I think that was because they didn't have Sid and Geno. Well, they, they were able to have a 3-1 to lead without Sid and Geno. But it's that fourth one, Mike. You can win three out of four. You can presumably win one more. But uh, that was then, and this is now. And uh, Sullivan's Penguins are also 16-3 and three all-time following a loss in the postseason, which they lost game two. And uh, Matt Murray is 10-1 and one coming back from an L. So we'll see if the Penguins can grab a two-games-to-one series lead tonight. I think they got to like the way they've been playing other than the first period, a couple of uh, details, and I think the Capitals probably feel the same way. Penguins probably feel like if they'd played a better first period, they could have a two games to none lead, and the Caps probably feel like if they played a better third period in game one, they'd have a two games to none lead. Well, they both be right. Yeah, makes for a hell of a series. Mm-hmm. Good stuff uh, all the way around. And I just like that the Pens have been able to stay neck and neck with them despite losing key cogs here in Geno, Hagelin, yeah. and well. Dumoulin, you know, for the second half of that game anyways. but was yeah, that... actually more than that. It was early second. Was it really? Yeah. They played more without him than with him. So that should give them a, you know, a feeling of confidence going against them yeah. that, you know, and having been there, done that many times before, I'm sure Sullivan is emphasizing that. You know, the next man up philosophy that the Steelers like to always tout, uh, the Penguins are really good at that. Yeah, they've played without, uh, you know, Latang throughout, Crystal Tang throughout the entirety of the playoffs last year. They missed Sidney Crosby before. Uh, they've missed guys before. And I think introducing those guys back into the lineup, infusing them back into the rotation is going to give them a jump. Uh, you a know, jolt. I would expect if 71 is dressed and playing tonight when he steps onto the ice <laughs> just before the game, it's. Going to get a little nuts it's gonna over there. going to go bonkers in there. So we'll see where uh, the Pens can take that. Uh, the Lightning got even with the Bruins last night, 4-2 to two, Tampa in Tampa. That series tied at a game apiece. And the Golden Knights beat the Sharks 4-3 to three in overtime. Vegas gave up a late game-tying goal but wins it in OT and takes a 2-1 to one series lead against San Jose. Uh, the other game tonight, in addition to the Pens-Caps, uh, Nashville is at Winnipeg. That series is tied at a game apiece. Man, that's been some fun hockey to watch. I've caught just little, you know, 
bits and pieces of it, but they're going up and down and shooting the puck. And- oh, she didn't yeah. see, you know, uh, there's a scrum and Dustin Bufflin had two guys on two, uh, uh, like two opposite sides of him, and he pulled them together like he was doing a fly, like, uh, boom, and like knocked their heads together. <laughs> like, the strength it takes to do that. He can do that. He can shoot the puck. He launches rockets. He can skate like the wind. I'm amazed he hasn't become a more dominant player over the years. We had a highlight reel goal in this series. Yeah, he's in uh, game one. Not that he stinks. He's pretty good, but he's yeah. just he's not in that elite elite group that right. I thought he was headed for when he first burst onto the scene. Pirates uh, lose in Washington three to two last night to the Nationals. Bucks fall to seventeen and twelve. But Jamison Tyone got it back together. Uh, after a couple of really rocky outings, Tyone goes six innings, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned two walks and five Ks. Not great, but representative. So at least he's uh, trending toward getting back on track. Pirates are 17-12, and 12, and they're now a half game behind the Cubs in the NL Central. Another one coming up in D.C. tonight. Chad Cole, 3-1 and one with a 4.55 ERA against Max Scherzer, who is 5-1, and one, 1.62. Steelers uh, made a roster move yesterday. They have released safety J.J. Wilcox. No surprise there. We I, hardly knew ye. I don't know who's going to take all the stupid penalties on special teams now. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll find somebody. But while they, they have found uh, a bunch of safeties. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> One of them should be good. They signed Morgan Burnett in free agency, and uh, they drafted <laughs> a couple over the weekend. And uh, Mike Tomlin uh, believes he can put those guys to use. You know, I I think they can help our football team in a number of ways. And it's probably, you know, something that's just indicative of the safety position in today's NFL. Uh, Not only are they capable safeties, but in sub-package defense, when you start putting DBs down in the box, uh, several of these guys have had that in their past, and we're excited about looking at that as a potential component of our play. And also, uh, special teams, you know, are a significant element of special teams play. Uh, in the National Football League. And so to be able to add some guys uh, that not only play the safety position but are physical tacklers that can help us as potential second-level defenders and sub-package defenses or in terms of covering kicks, I think it's been a good weekend for us from that perspective. The Steelers did not add any linebackers in the draft. I'm sure you guys have been asked about that. I know I have. Yes. What the hell? What? Well, they, they didn't add any linebackers on, uh, you know, any what you would perceive to be first down linebackers, but they probably did on second and third down. Is that out the window now? It's just whether you're talking about base or sub. There's a significant difference between a base linebacker and a, you know, a base safety. But when you start getting in the sub package and situational football, those lines bleed together in terms of uh, the positions that those guys play. And, you know, it's not only a, something that's, that's revealed through our play, but it's revealed through everyone's play. I just mentioned the other day when we were talking about Edmonds and, the, you know, when you watch Virginia Tech tape uh, within Bud Foster's scheme, you saw him do a lot of things. You saw him play free. You saw him play strong. You saw him play sub-package linebacker. And I just really think that that's a, you know, that's an indication of where football is these days. He's been talking about that for years, at, pretty much since they drafted Shazier. Yeah, that was, he, Shazier was part of the first wave, uh, Buchanan with Arizona, Jones with Atlanta. That's the way it's going. And I think once people get a better feel for that, they're going to feel better about this draft. It's uh, The point I made over the weekend on uh, ESPN Pittsburgh, last year you took T.J. Watt 
and you knew right outside linebacker, Harrison's 105 years old. You saw the fit, you know, take this piece out, put this piece in. Nice, clean fit. It's not necessarily going to work out that way this time around with these guys. They're going to get playing time, but it's going to be kind of all over the board and in different spots at different times. That's the part that people are having a hard time with because they don't understand how they're all going to be deployed they want to see somebody who's the rock. Yeah, they He's want to, there, right. they want and he never leaves. The guy who's on the field every down. I would say just try to try to appreciate they're going to get significant playing time. And there's a reason for that because the Steelers think they can help. Well, let's hope so, they're good enough. See, yeah, the thing that worries me. Right yeah. It's the right philosophy. They're addressing the need. Right. Just not maybe in the way people thought they would. And that's kind of what worries me because last season, how many times did we hear these guys say, look, it's not a, we didn't get beat on the play. It was just a miscommunication. Well, if there's new guys out there every down, that's going to be a little hard. It is, except there have been a couple of underlying themes, communications, one of them. Uh, They've been collecting play callers. Yeah. Burnett, Uh, Bostic. Edmonds did it uh, in the secondary at Virginia Tech. Uh, They have been collecting Communicators, guys they perceive to be good communicators, and uh, character guys. Team captains, guys with uh, solid family backgrounds yeah. and, and things of that nature. So they're trying to check the boxes. We'll see how It's great, though, because Steeler fans love the character, right? You get a guy with good character, they love it. Uh, they're sick and tired of, uh, you know, somebody screws up. Martavis Bryant screws up. He's forever labeled, you know, a pot-smoking, bumbling idiot. Santonio Holmes, forever labeled that. But guess what? If he stinks, they don't care. Right. They don't care at <laughs> yes, all. You got that Mr. Right. Rogers, yeah. if he stinks, the yeah. guy is just, he might as well rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because they used to, that best athlete available stuff, the joke in the NFL used to be, well, then why don't you draft Bruce Jenner? You know, right. Because the decathlete. Yeah, the decathlete, yeah. First and foremost, touchdowns, winning games, sacking the quarterback, right. killing the other guy. Then you go to character. <laughs> then you go to staying out of jail. <laughs> then you go to what, you know. <laughs> so funny. We want a character guy. He stinks, though. Well, uh, well okay. character's overrated. <laughs> and, of course, the other joke on the opposite end of that was, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson used to poo-poo character and collect. Didn't he say he'd draft Charles Manson? Somebody said, would you draft Charles Manson? And JJ said, what's his 40 times? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, I used to say, if you want people that are only wholesome, good, great character guys in the NFL, it would have been Tim Tebow and Troy Polamalu playing one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> so not enough guys to go around. I'm all for character, too, but Chuck Noll used to have a saying, uh, the choir boys should be in church on Sunday. Jay Caulfield joins us at 715. <laughs> Mike Lang, 845. The Pirates made news when they banned a fan from wearing a T-shirt to the Cardinals game that read, spend nutting, win nutting. Did you see this? Yeah. It went viral. Yeah. It caused a security staffer to wrongly interpret a team policy stating that guests must refrain from, quote, wearing clothing which, in the judgment of the Pirates, is indecent, derogatory, obscene, or otherwise detracts from the experience of other guests. Right. You don't want to upset the people that paid to see the Buccos. So team spokesman Brian Warecki said they made a mistake and, that, you know, that shirt didn't fall under that. They just, they goofed up there. Now, ironically, Buccos, hey, like we just said, leading NLC, NL Central with their record-breaking 17-win April. And joining us right now to discuss the T-shirt situation is uh, team owner Bob Nutting. Yo, good morning, Pirate fan. Hi. Looks like I'm 
nutting on the phone right hmm? now. What? <laughs> I'm nutting on the phone, and I love it. Sir, what are you doing? I'm nutting into the skid, Lanny. What? The fans have decided that my name is kind of like Aloha. It has multiple <laughs> meanings. That's not what they're doing. Sure they are. Yeah. No, they're not. For instance, in that gentleman's T-shirt, spend nutting, win nutting. Hmm? In this case, nutting meant a lot. You know, so sometimes when a pirate fan says they're nutting, they mean a lot. <laughs> it's fun. No, it's, I don't think that's what's happening, sir. It is, Lanny. Like the t-shirt all the young adults are wearing that says, stay calm and keep nutting. In that instance, nutting means winning. So when you're nutting, you're winning. No. <laughs> By the way, how about my employees on the gridiron? Did you see how much nutting they were doing this weekend? Mr. Nutting. Nutting? Are, are you talking to me? Because nutting could literally be anybody. N you see, nutting son? is not a homonym. It is? Well, happy not a homonym to you and your chosen people. That's not, it's not, I'm not talking about a religious holiday. Look, fans are mad because your payroll is so low. Counterpoint. Fans are ironically expressing anger over a 17-win April. <laughs> They're hilarious. <laughs> Hysterical. In fact... They're nutting their faces off. In this instance, nutting means laughing. I, I, no, I figured that out. <laughs> Not to mention, we're getting young Ho-Gong back. Well, some people aren't so happy about that. Well, nothing to worry about. I told him in no uncertain terms, no more nutting under the influence. In this case, nutting means... I know what it means. Look, Mr. Nutting, you had a great April. Record-breaking. Yeah, but the attendance... Also record-breaking. What, record-breaking low? No, I mean, we have a record that we play of fans cheering for when no one attends, and it broke. Otherwise, you wouldn't have noticed the lack of people nutting in the stands. <laughs> okay. Well, continued success, and thanks for your time, Mr. Nutting. Hey, it was great nutting with you, Les. <laughs> okay, yeah. DVE Morning Show. Brenda Bauman, along with Bill Crawford this morning. Val's on vacation. Our friend Katie O from uh, 104. Seven big one zero four seven big going to be in here slumming with us. All uh, caps. Saw the news for you momentarily. Want to remind you uh, about the big DVE Halloween party that's coming up. I know, I know. It seems like it's a long way away. It is kind of, but uh, it's the DVE Halloween party featuring Alice Frickin Cooper. Yes, yeah. October twenty sixth, oh, stage eight. I can't wait for this. And it's an indoor show, so that's more intimate than he normally does. Uh, tickets are on forty are only forty five bucks. They go on sale. They're on sale now. How many Wayne and Garth costumes are we going to see? Probably a lot. Ticketmaster, yeah. Stage AE box office, where you can get them. Uh, make sure you, you don't sleep on this because I can't imagine it's going to take very long for this show to sell out. Right. So hurry up and get on that. The it's going to be party. super unique. I mean, the the chance to see Alice Cooper on Halloween. I know. In costume. Oh. That place is going to be a madhouse. Kind of like tonight. PBG Pants Arena. It's going to be a madhouse. Dumoulin talked about the hit. How he perceived it yesterday. We'll have that sound. Tom Wilson came out of nowhere. Look, he knew he was there. He just didn't think he was going to get, you know, hit in the back of the head with his elbow. He's a trash bag. Uh, he was out skating with the team yesterday. He had a non-contact jersey on. Me too, though. I'd like to put the non-contact sweater on all the time. Yeah, Wouldn't just in good? life? Just in life. Yeah. I just want to walk around with one of those. Oh, about if you had, like, a do not disturb sign? Could you just wear one of those as a giant eagle? Like, look, no offense. Don't talk to me. <laughs> just, wear it to the gym. That's right. To the mall. <laughs> 
Big game tonight. Hi, Katie. How are you? Good. How are you? You ready to rock? Yep. Okay, we're going to do news in a little bit. Are you going to the Penguins game tonight? No, you have to work. You have too much stuff going on. That's a bit above my pay grade. You have big uh, 104 and 105.9. The act. You're like our utility player. Thanks. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's good. Every position. Yeah. She's like the, uh, yeah, Jay Hay. <laughs> In a kind of way. Uh, what are we going to be talking about? What do you have there? Guns and Roses. Right on. G and R. G and R. You know what's funny is that... I follow Slash on Twitter, and you know when you follow somebody, it'll show you who they like or what they like. I also follow National Geographic on Twitter, and Slash likes every National Geographic tweet. Slash is fascinated by nature. Well-rounded. <laughs> yes, it's so good. funny. But it'll be like all these feel-good stories about people saying, like, they figured out a way how to save the lemurs of the Costa Rican uh, uh, you know, forest. From starvation. And he's like, Slash likes that. Does he have a day job that we don't know about? I don't know. He may be he in might. some sort of environmental, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, reforestation or <laughs> Slash works for the animals. He's an environmentalist. All right. Jay Caulfield talks hockey 715. Mike Lang 845 and Jerry D. Uh, a little bit more on the Steelers coming up after nine. DV. I don't think I've ever bought Chips Ahoy without the intention of dunking them in milk. I have never eaten Chips Ahoy without wearing a sailor suit. <laughs> Chips Ahoy! <laughs> and then I do... Uh, I, in the Navy! Yeah, and I do this dance where I hold the cookie up high, and then Dunk. I dunk it in the milk, and I hold it up high! <laughs> Chips ahoy. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? That's why I don't order it. Yankee Doodle Dandy. That's right. I don't, that's why I don't buy them now. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It is the DVE Morning Show, and Valerie is doing the, uh, the afternoons this week. She is on for Sean, which is kind of like a vacation, I want to point out. So it's almost like Val isn't working this week. It's a Val vacation because she's working still. She's only doing two people's jobs this week instead of three. So it's kind of like a vacation. That's as close as she gets. Yeah. Uh, so our friend Katie O from Big 104.7 is uh, hanging out with us this morning. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? You morning, are the best for uh, saving our butts this morning because nobody wants to hang out with us anymore. Anytime. It's true. <laughs> we have pissed everyone off. So... It just becomes less and less exciting. Like at first, people are like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, I'd I would love, love to. to do that." And then they wake up at four thirty in the morning and they're like, "I'm never doing this again." Is this not going to go well? Is that what you're telling? No, me? No, this is going to go fine, okay. but the rest of your day won't go that well. Oh, good. Yeah, no, you're just going to be very tired and like have an involuntary nap at a stoplight later on. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> It'll be great. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Penn's big game tonight. We're going to talk with Jay, Co- Jay Caulfield, seven fifteen, Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang at eight forty five. But uh, Katie, first with news. Uh, Katie, take it away. Uh, Port Authority. The Port Authority of Allegheny County is dropping plans to check light rail transit fares with armed police officers. Since the proposal was announced, police accountability groups worried the policy would target minorities and lead to $300 fines or even jail time for avoiding to pay a $2.75 fee. <laughs> Can you imagine going to jail for a two seventy-five dollars infraction? I have to imagine you'd be on the low totem pole, <laughs> uh, the low of the totem pole in, to- in the jail hierarchy. In, I've seen in, in a very up. literal sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've seen locked up enough to know you get no cred coming in. No, you'd have to lie. Immigrant rights groups also got involved, arguing one or two failures to pay could lead to the deportation of undocumented immigrants. Port Authority CEO Catherine Kellman announced the authority will no longer be pursuing the fair check proposal. 
Okay. Well, then there you go. So then that's that's it. The point is moot. Okay. I mean, if you went to jail for two seventy five, a two dollar and seventy five cent uh, fine, you'd really have to lie about it. <laughs> you'd be like, I got a two dollar seventy five uh, fine. Then I murdered the whole family right. of the person <laughs> yeah. that gave it to me. <laughs> right. What's next? What do you got? Let's do Guns N' Roses. GNR! A new Guns N' Roses related registered URL is sparking rumors of some sort of activity related to the band's album Appetite for Destruction. The yes. parent company of the band's record label recently registered and published a new website at the URL GNR.fm. So far, all that's on the site is the slogan Destruction is Coming and links to the band's social media sites below the hashtag Appetite for Destruction. Meanwhile, the band's Not in This Lifetime tour is scheduled to resume in Europe starting June. June 3rd in Berlin. All right. Bring it on. I want to see it. I mean, most GNR fans do want to see that that version of the band. Yes. With Adler and Izzy. Yeah, when it got all weird, like in the one time when he had had Tommy Stinson and he had the guitar player Buckethead, and it it just kind of... I think he could have got away with it easier, except Buckethead, as badass as he is, he's a great guitar player. He just played at Jurgles last week, but he wears a bucket on his head, and it's really hard to get around that if you're in any band. It's all of a sudden you look like the Muppet band. A Buckethead. Yeah, yeah. there's a guy with a bucket on his head on stage. It's hard to not look at him. So, and he's like seven foot tall, too. What kind of bucket is it? Like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Does it Does it have the eye Reba holes version. in it? Yeah, it's a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket. It's the Reba version, though. Oh, okay. The Reba version? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's the Reba era. But if he goes back out with the original GNR, it's going to be... Those guys are raking in money. See, this is really the blueprint for rock and rollers. Even if, you, if things are going good, and you're like, you know, people seem to have lost interest in our band. You need to break up, and you need to foment some sort of hate between the band. Because once people yes. think you're never going to play again, all of a sudden you become a commodity. Like That's look right. at, look at what CSN and Y are doing right now. They've been fighting with Neil Young for years, and now David Crosby all of a sudden is going, "Hey, you know what, Neil? If you need me to sing backup on this Crazy Horse tour, I am available." And then people start going, "Oh man, can you imagine if that happens?" Immediately double the tickets, play way less dates, make way more money. I mean, the Black Crows. Is there any doubt in your mind they're going to get back together one day? No, no, maybe for Old Cella. Are they gonna Are they gonna redo <laughs> I that? Forgot about that old was pretty show. awesome. I forgot about that. That yeah. was Neil Young, Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan. I mean, they Roger put, Waters. Yeah, they put a lineup together. Did you? You're not a Coachella fan, are you? No, that's not your style. That is not my style. Yeah, I, I appreciate you pointing that out. That's I, thank you for recognizing. You're that. A, you're <laughs> well, you're millennial, but you're not like. Uh, are you sub millennial? What are you? You're pre millennial, post millennial. I don't like you put in a box. No, maybe? I don't want to <laughs> categorize you, <laughs> but. You're not uh, you're not uh, go Instagram yourself uh, for a weekend in the desert kind of person. No, like when I go out and get drinks with my friends, I don't say, "Wait, the lighting is really good. Can you just take portrait <laughs> mode really quick? The natural light setting, please." No, that's not me. It's just baffling to me how this has become this weird. I don't even want to say subculture because it's like it pre- it's prevailing that people feel the need to take a vacation to make it. Like their idea of a good vacation is something that will look good on their Instagram. Yep. Yep. And the best part about Coachella this year is that everybody got the flu. I don't know if you know this. Did that ha- really happen? Yeah. Like, that happened? Everybody went what out there. What strain, got- may I ask? I'm not sure. I okay. don't think. I think it was H1N1. But a lot of people got the bird flu. Super sick. Yeah. The swine flu. That's right. They came back with it. Which That's awesome. Well, now that's our problem now. 
Yeah, they brought it all back to us. Well, they went back to their own people. I mean, you don't know anybody. Nobody from Pittsburgh is going to Coachella. Not too many people do. But like, I did have a couple friends that went, like not from Pittsburgh, just friends of mine that live in Chicago went. And what did they say it was like? I don't know. They're in their thirties now. I'm like, why are you? Does this really still appeal to you? I have a feeling it would be like me going all the way out there to be like, I got to experience this, getting out there and realizing that I'm the guy that's too old for the club. Yeah. And being like, oh, yeah, this was bad. I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> That's why I'm going to Jazz Fest this weekend in New Orleans, which is a misnomer. You know, it's not really like jazz. It's it's a big jam band music festival that sort of, you know, birthed out of the New Orleans music scene. Like all the funk and jazz and everything, you know, that, that the uh, Crescent City has to offer. But there, it's it's not Coachella. You know what I mean? Like, you can be an ugly person there. And it's cool. And it's totally cool. Yeah. Like, I don't feel bad going up to get a drink anywhere. Like, I feel like Coachella is like trying to go out in Miami. And uh, Jazz Fest is like going out on Carson Street. So you don't need flower crowns for a Jazz Fest? <laughs> oh, no, okay. I don't have to thread you don't any have a flowers. Steam, you don't have any steampunk goggles and a top hat? No. There, okay. I'm sure there will be some people who do that. But mostly it's like, you know, my dad went with me to Jazz Fest <laughs> for a bunch of years. It's the least cool thing that's the coolest thing in the world. I mean, not to say that dads can't go to Coachella. I mean, I'm oh, sure. Oh, I'm sure there's dad chella. For, oh, yeah. There but, need to be dads at Coachella, I think, is yeah. the bottom line. But. Yeah. Right. Think there of how many sad daughters are <laughs> like, oh, that's just, that's brutal. Yeah. Where are your parents? Did you? I, that's when I'll go. When Kennedy or Emma is like, hey, dad, I'm going to go to Coachella. I'm like, oh, without your dad, you're not. Oh, dude. And just I'll be behind him in like MC Hammer pants, cargo shorts, no shirt, suspenders, <laughs> put a I, Guy Fiore wig. <laughs> like this is Coachella, right? We I like gotta how mix you, it up. I like how you Pittsburgh that up and made him oh, Guy yeah. Fiore. Yeah, he's yeah. Guy Fiore's, <laughs> not Fiore. No, it's Fiore's. By the Pittsburgh way, Guy Fiore. Do you see Fiore's closes at eleven o'clock now? Yeah, super pissed about that. I mean, happy for the people who work there that don't have to deal with the Cretans like me that come in super late, but. You know, that was the that, that was the witching hour for the for getting a Fiore's pie mm-hmm. post eleven p.m. Oh, I'm happy for them that they're doing so well. But well, I, listen, I'll tell you a couple of the places that stay open late. So <laughs> there's no it's a little out of the way, but you could still make a run. Oh, if dude. you need if you need some za, dude, some the Fiore's oh, they got a parking lot now. It's like you know, do high, they? Yeah, yeah, it's highfalutin. Where across the street. They like cleaned out that lot on Liberty Avenue. Oh, okay. Because I always have to go up that cobblestone street, <laughs> like um, dude, I know it was like being thrown. early eighteen hundreds. <laughs> I know. I always thought you were in danger of po- possibly getting the plague Warthorn on that street. Root, yeah. right. What is that neighborhood up there that you have? Brookline. To- okay. Yeah. Because I get up into there, I'm like, where the hell am I? Oh, I've done some of the most hairy turnarounds in the effort to just get a couple of slices. In that, and there's like a little driveway where you could do a turnaround in. It was yeah. like some business. And it was like, a, I don't know, maybe five feet of driveway. And they dared you to do it. At any rate, back to the original point of this story. Coachella's stupid. Yep. All right. What else you got? <laughs> uh, uh, pizza rat. Pizza rat. The uh, New York City pizza rat uh, became a big famous uh, uh, figure there for a while. Do you remember this, Bill? No. He was a humongous rat that was filmed... Dragging pizza. Oh yes, okay. Down the street. I didn't know he had had been memed. Yes, he's back. There's a new pizza rat in New York City. The rodent dragging a slice of pizza through the tracks was spotted by a commuter this weekend at a subway station. 
A similar video of a rat pulling a pizza slice went viral in 2015. Dragging a slice of pizza isn't an easy feat for a subway rat since an average slice is about half its weight. So this rat is jacked, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to check that rat well, for the juice. it's a New York rat, so it kind of has to yeah. be. Right? Yeah. If you, can, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It's got, got, a rat. Rat. It's got ratitude. Yeah. You got to be... I mean, think about... Every time I go to New York, I'm always like, this is the greatest place in the world. I, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And it is a total garbage pile. Yeah. Yes. Uh, everywhere you go. I don't know what trash. I think every day is trash day in <laughs> that, New York. You might be right about that. It is It is a lot, but it is a fun city. I've seen a guy play trash golf on the street. like Trash golf. From one pile. Like he was shooting it from a trash bunker into a trash hole on the other side of the street. Was it just like nine holes or was it the full 18? I don't know. Okay. I just saw a glimpse of the course. But it was there's just trash yeah. everywhere. Anytime you go down to the strip district and you think, "Oh man, I wish this was cleaned up a little bit more." Realize that that is basically like the the foyer of the Waldorf compared that's, to what yeah, you're that's as see. clean as New York could ever be. Pens tonight uh, taking on the Capitals game 3. At PPG Paints Arena, 7.30 start. And joining us right now from AT&T Sportsnet and 11 on the Ice, it's our friend Jay Caulfield. Jay, good morning. How are you, man? Jay. Hello. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. That was uh, premature. There you go. Now we should have him. Jay, are you there? Jay. Hi. <laughs> What's How up, man? Doing? How are you? Not bad. How you doing? Doing okay. Let me ask you right off the bat. The league, no hearing, no nothing for the Wilson hit. And what what are your thoughts on that? I, I understand the argument that some people had that, you know what, Dumoulin kind of backed up a little bit and it was uh, unintentional. But, boy, the follow-through on that really made it look like there was uh, some intent on Wilson's part. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the only difference too, Randy, is that when he's chasing from behind, too, I mean, I think that, that was what led into it. But I still felt, look, even when you watch the game and you see a guy's head snap back and they could, you could see it, when it happened fast motion that there should be initially how they don't pick up a call and right away to me is the first part because it's about headshots and all they're trying to do is get rid of that in the game right. so they don't make the call with that then they look at it and review it and i just i personally thought just with this history alone he's just got so much history that falls into that category that you think they're going to do something i'm sure somebody like drew dowdy look a lot of players in the league too don't want the league don't want it to go to the degree that you know, guys for for a hit and something goes awry that they get suspended every time. They're trying to get away from that. But at the same point, if you look at some of the suspensions that have already taken place through the playoffs, I thought that for sure, just because it's it, the head was the initial point of contact, I don't care if the guy's body position changed or what. To me, when it's the initial point of contact, mm-hmm. they're usually going to throw something down at somebody, and here they, they didn't do it. What was with the, the refs that entire game swallowing their whistles? They are, It was like they were afraid to make a call. Yeah, I, I, again, that's the point that I'll, I'll say. Look, if you if you're going to do that, you're going to do that the whole game. You're going to, you know, if they keep it that way the whole game, then every both teams understand it and they're going after it in a certain way. If you start changing midstream, <laughs> that's almost worse because mm-hmm. now guys don't know which what you're going to call. But they did let a lot go, and that's going to start the game gets away from them. Then I, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't quite, I don't get that, but I think the worst, what would be worse is when, when, it, when, a, when a ref or the, the team of refs out there, they change during the game and then um, players are confused about what, what they can or cannot do. They want consistency. 
And uh, but again, there's so many calls. If it's blatant, they need to make the call. And and then because the games, you know, special teams, we know how it can turn on it. And uh, uh, to me, that's a, that's a problem. But the consistency is something they got to make sure they get it right, and they can't change in the middle of the game. Jay, Mike Sullivan was emphasizing again yesterday that the Penguins are going to do what they do. They're going to play their game. Uh, assuming that the Capitals ramp it up physically and and try to keep going the way they've been going, uh, how do you anticipate the Pens respond to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mike, I, I also feel like, what, what, I mean, you're going to have Wilson run around. I mean, the Penguins have, could have, have as many guys that can run around and do something with that, too. I mean, if they just finish their checks and and take the body and, and all these kind of things, what's happened all year is they've, they've killed people on the power play. So if you're not scoring power play goals, then, then that puts you behind the eight ball a little bit if you're taking hits and, and that type of thing. But I don't think there's any – I mean, this isn't like a team that's coming in that's uh, – and Mike, you can relate. It's not like a Broad Street Boys. Team. I can relate. This is, yeah, I mean, there just isn't. There just isn't anything. That they're they're running around. They're going to hit. And so are the Penguins. So, to me, uh, you know, the Wilson thing that just was uh, that was just one part of it. It was a kind of a the way it went down. So that gets that can get looked at. But for the most part, if they want to run around anymore, there's really shouldn't be. There's really no fear from the Penguins as far as that kind of thing is concerned. The, and uh, and again, when they get put on the power play, they need to bury they need to bury their opportunities, and they know it. It's been a number of games they haven't had they haven't had production from it. That's going to be a key thing as this series moves forward. Yeah, what's not happening there, Jay? What are you seeing? Is, is Kessel not shooting, or is he not having an opportunity to shoot? Well, he's always been that guy. Look, when you miss Malkin on the half wall, the one half wall, that guy that takes that one timer, that that one timer is not not there as much. So Kessel's never been that one timer from the opposite half wall. So he kind of gathers it. He might take a step, and then he lets it. And then he, he's going to release when he's shoot, in that shooting mode. He also looks for that pass on the far post, that type of thing, or a high deflection. Uh, you know, they, it, defensively they they're doing they're doing a good job too. So. They're taking away probably that far post, but I do think if Malkin gets back in the lineup, you're going to see a difference. You'll see it all change, and sometimes one little little thing like that. And certainly, if you're not getting that shot from the half wall, then maybe you get it back to center point. And it's about winning battles, getting it through, and let Hornquist do his thing in the slot, or you know, and, and he just creates havoc all the time. But you got to give him an opportunity to battle for something uh, when he's when he's taking the punishment in front of the net. So to me, it's going to be something like that. But you might see Kessel. You know, you know, come off that half wall a little bit more, and then get and release. So that could be something different, or just back to center point and let it go. When you have an opportunity and nothing's happening, you let it go. That it's about retrievals, maintaining, and then winning battles all over the ice. And that's I expect them to be like that tonight. So it seems to me that Hopi is uh, has been really solid until he isn't, and <laughs> you know, true. like that's really true. I uh, I don't know how else to describe it. Like. It's a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. He, he he makes these great saves, and all of a sudden we seem to get into his head a little bit, and it looks like we could put a bunch past him really quick. What's the key to getting him off balance? Yeah, I, I really – that is – like you said, the way you explain it is kind of – you're sitting there watching him. He's refound, he's found his game after a, a tough – you know, what we say, a tough year, just a year that he's not used to. And, and another goalie comes in, and they have two – you know, these two goalies battle, and the other guy gets the start, and he comes in. And it does have that look, especially against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, you know, they just they can get to him. They can get to so many goalies, but uh, for him, it's about him keeping his mind. You know, not seeing 
uh, you know, make it difficult for him and uh, make it difficult in front of that so he can't see pucks, that type of thing. Man, the guys, the, the deflections today, they're always getting their sticks on pucks, and you need a break uh, to go your way maybe to get to them right away. I think, I think in this one, the, the, the last first two games, the Penguins have had bad starts. So tonight, you just flip it, reverse it, get on Holtby right away, get on the Capitals right away, have a good first 20 minutes. And we 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 always say that the Penguins or any team when we're when we're going into Washington, we have to that the Penguins have to be the team that weathers that you know that first five ten minutes of that first period because the crowd's going crazy. Well, the Capitals have to deal with the same thing coming into Pittsburgh, and we know how the fans and the atmosphere of that building can be. So the Penguins have to kind of lay in on them tonight, really in that first that first five to ten minutes, like take the game over and get into get into Hopi there. So to me, it's the first ten minutes that they got to really, really make a mark and uh, just kind of at least take over just uh, momentum, everything going the Penguins' way, and then make it difficult for Holtby. And I think seeing the puck and battles in front are going to be key. To me, Jay, you know, the, the top line has been tremendous, but, the you know, the secondary scoring just kind of really hasn't been there. How important is it for Malkin or Haglin to get back in the lineup and for those guys to throw some, some heat Holtby's way to sort of knock him off his rocker? Yeah, there's another good point because really over the years, so if you've had to fight against three lines, and, and that's the tough, that'll be the tough part. When Malkin comes back, and hopefully it's tonight, when he comes back and now you've got three lines, right? So they can, can they answer the Penguins' three lines? They haven't been able to in the past. Now Malkin out of the lineup, and, and then right, to your point exactly, there's not um, – the secondary scoring just hasn't been there for the Penguins and, uh, at all. That has to change. Now they got it in Washington – the Washington Capitals got that in game two. Uh, the Penguins, third and fourth lines, uh, we know when Malcolm comes back, he, they're going to they're gonna produce. That, that will happen naturally. It's got to be that third line. Broussard's line has to be a line that starts to be a difference maker. And the fourth line, if you're playing 10 minutes a night, you've got to get on the score sheet somewhere. They have to start producing. And I know they're feel, they'll, they'll feel it. They know they want to do that. They're trying to make something happen. But that has to start. To, to be really successful as you move forward, you do need that secondary scoring. And, and uh, let's hope we see some of that tonight. Let's hope, first of all, it starts with Malkin. But I think that'll make it difficult. The matchups change for Washington. But I think Malkin coming back will be a huge thing right away, not only power play, uh, but the matchups that the Capitals have to come up with. And then, as we said, you need to get that secondary scoring. And that really has to start soon here as well. And maybe the real punishment for the Capitals from the Wilson hit is that Wilson has to keep playing. <laughs> you, you know that is i mean look they're not gonna they're not gonna make that call they didn't do i mean they didn't suspend him so yeah you go after he's gonna run around and take he's gonna be that guy that's gonna take that the game gets crazy he's an energy guy he's he's donut and he's moved himself from the fourth line to the first line but he is gonna be that guy that's gonna take that penalty that to me when the penguins you make them pay they've made teams pay on the power play that would be that would definitely be the thing that they need to have happen tonight Jay Caulfield, 18T Sportsnet and 11 on the Ice. Jay, thanks for joining us so early. We greatly appreciate it. No, great to talk to you guys. All right, man. We'll see you. Jay Caulfield, the one and only. Look. There is only one. We needed Jay Caulfield out there. Star of the movie. To respond to that trash bag. Nah, you respond on the power play. I agree. Like you said, uh, that's not who they are. You got to take it. Because they don't have Caulfield. (laughs) Well, they They don't have Ryan Reeves. They don't have... uh, You know, in in the... the recent era here, this is that they've been a highly skilled team that responds by scoring more goals than the other team and being on the right side of the handshake. That's when you respond. 
Uh, if they get sucked in, the, Bill, you mentioned that the Flyers tried to do it. Yep. And had a little bit of success, a little more than we've seen. little crack in the, the armor. last couple of years. Not that oh, yeah. they came completely unglued like the old days, but uh, now Washington's probing. And they're saying, okay, how do you like this? How do you like this? What are you going to do now? Keep going. Mike Pursuta, full sports report when we come back. Also, we'll hear from Doc. That's right. Is the uh, NHL on NBC crew makes their way to the Berg. Mike Lang, the Hockey Hall of Famer at 845. Jerry D, talking to little Steelers. Uh, that'll be 915 this morning. Don't forget, workforce cash available top of every hour. Just text the keyword to 200-200. That's brought to you by rightcars.com. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and it's game three tonight between the Pens and the Caps. 7.30 on your Pens flagship, 105.9 The X and uh, NBCSN. Sports is out brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. Uh, Brian Dumoulin was on the ice yesterday going through practice, not taking hits, but otherwise uh, participating in a normal session with the Penguins. Afterward, he talked about what had occurred that got him concussed in Game 2. I got the puck behind the net. I knew um, Wilson was coming from behind. I didn't know uh, at that point. I obviously looked up. I saw Ovi coming, um, and I just tried to make a pass through him and try to brace my my impact from Ovi. And I didn't I didn't know Wilson was there at all or anything like that. And um, I was just bracing for Ovechkin. Do you think it was a dirty hit? Uh, I mean, I wasn't ready for Wilson at all. I was more bracing for Ovi. I mean, they can say I stopped and whatnot, but I mean, I was just trying to take an impact from Ovi, and um, and I got I got caught in the head. I realize people are highly emotional about this, and uh, particularly when a guy gets injured the way Dumoulin right. did a, a concussion, it's a serious thing. Uh, the Washington Post uh, printed Rule forty-eight one today which explains clearly that one of the things they take into consideration as to whether or not a guy will be disciplined, suspended, whatever, one of the things they take into consideration is, quote, whether the opponent materially changed the position of his body or head immediately prior to or simultaneously with the hit in a way that significantly significantly contributed to the head contact. Now, we talked about this yesterday. There's no question Dumoulin slams on the brakes and turns to, away from Ovechkin, and in doing so, he lowers his head, and he changes his body position. That's indisputable. I've seen a lot of people tweeting that there's no question Wilson extended his shoulder, which he did. Yes, he did. But if Dumoulin's upright, he's not catching him in the head, and I'm sure that's what they ruled. They don't don't explain when they don't do discipline. They just explain the discipline, but that's... That's an Well, they got to change that then. Because you know football doesn't do intent. If you if your first point of contact is the head, it's a penalty. Well, then they got to change that. Then, but under the rules now, this is why the guy was not suspended. And yeah, but that that it, allows for interpretation because it's incomplete. I mean, if the guy he was skating forward, it, Wilson was in chase position. Then how do you know he wasn't targeting his head the entire time? So he could have been you targeting. Don't. You don't. He so could have been targeting his head the entire time, and then Dumoulin moves it. Three inches, he could still hit his head pretty good. Well, you, so you you can make that theory, but you don't suspend on theory. Yeah, I don't know. I you like do the when idea the guy's that, got a track record. Uh, yeah, number one, you know, uh, past his prologue. Number two, it should be like your stick. You're responsible for it. It should be, but it's not. Right. 
You're explaining why nothing's happening, and we're t- uh, we're in, saying in why some. In the real world, why, in the yes. here and now, the way the game is played and legislated, this is what they did. And I, I was talking about this yesterday before it became known that there would be no hearing. I didn't think anything was going to happen to. I don't think anybody thought anything was going to happen because no. it's the yeah. NHL. No Penguin fan really thought that. But I mean, in this case, get... I'm not saying they're consistent with the way they do this either. But in this case, they're consistent with their policy. Now, right. I, don't, I don't want to compare it to Drew Doughty or uh, to what happened in the Blue Jackets series. I'm just talking about Game Two, what went on. Dumoulin contributed to that because of the way he braced for the Ovechkin hit. And the way to ha- not have that happen anymore is if they're going to forecheck that aggressively when he gets the puck behind the net, rip it around the boards, get rid of it, don't try to skate it out. Because he's skating himself into a corner and he's getting trapped. Yeah, because that pancake move is something they've done before. Yeah, what's well, you know they're getting in, they dump the puck and go pound the D. That's old time hockey. It, it, everybody tries that in in some degree in the postseason. It should be like a degree of it. He moved. He, it wasn't like he moved his head from you know up here to down here. It wasn't waste. I thought it was significant because he I didn't he, think he does the hard stop. With both blades, and then he's he's kind of duck, ducking and turning. Well, if this was any other player than Wilson, uh, we might be giving him the benefit of the doubt. But since this yeah. is no, it's the old you know when the Penguins had Matt Cook, this is the position he found himself in a lot. Yeah, and, and he, he was say, hey, this is what happened, and it was shoulder up, leading with it. To me, it's just it's a garbage play. And to your point about, uh, I guess you were joking when you said the, the penalty is he's going to continue to play. Yeah, Wilson has to keep playing. Yeah, Tom Wilson has more goals and more points in eight playoff games than Phil Kessel. Huh? So say what you want about his no, intent, his play. attitude. He's a player. No, he can play. He's he's a player. I just thought that that was a garbage, garbage hit. Now, what if that stuff continues? How do the Penguins deal with it? Uh, what if uh, more guys on the Capitals, and they have some guys that can dish uh, Ovi is not above taking his shots. Uh, Smith Pelly and Hornquist are uh, doing whatever is necessary to each other in the crease. Uh, Brooks Orpik can hit people. TJ Oshie's got an edge. How do the Penguins uh, respond if the Caps continue to get edgy? Here's Mike Sullivan. You know, one of the things that we talk, our coaching staff, uh, since day one, we have talked about with this group is is what our team identity is. What what are what are our strengths? How do we play to our strengths to give ourselves the best chance to win? And we've got to be committed to that uh, game in and game out, and and because that's what gives us the best opportunity to win games, and that's the most important thing. That's why we that's why we uh, we line up every night at seven o'clock. So. You know, I, I think it's important that we understand what that is and we don't get caught up trying to play somebody else's game. And teams have, uh, over the last, you know, handful of seasons, teams have tried different tactics to try to play against us in order to try to, uh, to, try to beat us. And sometimes it's uh, physical play and aggression. Uh, that doesn't mean that our team doesn't have physical play or pushback. We certainly do. But we, we certainly don't want to get caught up playing somebody else's game. We're going to play our game. We're going, to try to, we're going to try to stay focused on the game that we know gives us the best chance to win. Mike Sullivan again getting in front of an issue. And I thought they kept it together really well after the Dumoulin injury in game two. The Penguins didn't lose their minds and go, go head hunting and go on search and destroy missions and get themselves out of position and all that. Uh, they just got to keep playing tonight. I think they can beat this team. I think they're better than this team, but they got to be who they are. And How that, about, that'll beat who the Capitals are. Wilson is only 24 years old. I don't know why I thought he was older. 
He has uh, six points in eight games. He had uh, 35 points on the year. Yeah, he's one of those. He's, he's kind of Luchich-like. Mm-hmm. And a little more uh, going up to the line and over the line than Luchich. But uh, when is he ever? Well, Dumoulin it will be a big loss for the uh, Penguins' D. Guessing he's not playing tonight, though. No I would official ass- word. I would assume he's not. You know, find out uh, yeah. during, during uh, or just after the warm up. Uh, the way they responded without him was encouraging in game two. Crystal Tang wound up scoring the Penguins' only goal. He led the team with five shots, eight attempts, and six block shots. Tang played 26 21. Justin Schultz played 27 24. That's uh, a career playoff high for Schultz. Schultz has been incredible. In terms of ice time, and uh, Jamie Alexiak. Played 20 minutes and 51 seconds. He tied Wilson for a wow. game-high seven hits. And that uh, 20 minutes and 51 seconds is significant because um, Alexiak uh, had only played 1934 in his previous two playoff games combined. It's a lot of ice time for him. Yeah. But he, was, he looked like, to me, he was uh, embracing it. He was playing an aggressive game. Sure, he wasn't shying away from trying to contribute in the offensive end when he had a chance. He was, he was out. He wasn't hiding out there. He was okay. I'm out here. I'm going to do what I do, and let's see what happens. Pens and caps tonight. This is getting fun. Seven thirty, NHL on NBC. We'll check in with Doc, Pierre, and the crew when we come back. Is the DVE morning show on the way for you? Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang will be joining us. Also, uh, we're going to talk with Jerry Dulac at nine fifteen. About the about the draft as we continue to learn more about the people we drafted because I don't know any of them. We've got to get to know these people. <laughs> I wanted big star names, or I'm like, I saw him play 20 times, and uh, we don't have any of those. Guys. Who'd they get? All right, fine. Because I'm a dummy, and as we said earlier, when the Steelers don't do well, then they get a high draft pick, and then you invest a lot of time as a Steelers fan trying to figure out who they're going to draft. But because you know we had. A lot of pieces to the puzzle. You think, all right, well, they get who they get and hope they get that linebacker from Alabama. And past that, I wasn't going all Mel Kuyper on this draft. I think the Steelers have earned my trust in that way where Antonio Brown was a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we get guys in the draft that you've never heard of in a late round that end up being contributors and, you know, being superstars. Well, here's the thing. I like the idea that they went for these character guys this year and that we're going to be like good communicators and no trouble. Once again, Lev Bell yesterday. Oh, no. Tweeting. Did you see what he tweeted yesterday? It, it Was it like rap lyrics? This, no. He, no, he didn't, uh, he didn't tweet rap lyrics. He, although they might be. I think they are. Oh. Drop a beat behind it and then read... I don't. I don't, really don't want to have to drop a, a beat behind it. All right, fine. I'll beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Where the hell is it? I had it here. That doesn't. Anyways, he tweeted something to the effect of, "You know, everybody wants to make me out to be an enemy type thing again." Like he's constantly obsessed with the idea that he is a bad guy now. Well, he has to be. He's a rapper. How many nice guy rappers do you know? That's a good point. You know, I hadn't thought of it that way. Everybody calls me the nice guy. Always courteous. <laughs> you want to merge? Go ahead. Oh, that's nice. The merging rapper. Yeah. 
They swear that I'm bad news. People always thinking that the juice is a bad dude. That's Our, a rap lyric. Yeah, but it doesn't. Sorry, that's a line. He's dropping bars. All right, but it doesn't totally rhyme. I know that not all rap does. I'm not being a stickler for like actual rhymes. I think you should tweet at him. They swear that I'm bad news. People always thinking that the juice a bad dude. It's it's just the idea that he's constantly putting himself apart from the team. That's what's pissing off Steeler fans. Yes. This guy. That and he won't sign a contract. <laughs> well, there's that. Small I mean, that's the main thing. Thing also. But yes. When will this dumb dumb come to the realization that if he's just quiet, he won't have to be the bad guy? Or maybe this is, as you said, his ploy. Like Heinz Ward always had to be the underdog, no matter what. Yes. He's Super Bowl MVP doesn't matter. Nobody thought I could do it. It's like, well, actually, we all. Well, a lot of people did. You were a quarterback yeah. at Georgia. Yeah, you went to Georgia. Like that's a really good school. Kind of a big deal, and we all thought you could do it. That's why we put so much faith in you when we drafted you. Um, but Lev Bell is always painting himself into a corner. Maybe and, after the second mixtape, he'll realize. Yeah. Maybe that's what it takes. No way. He does. He thinks he's a great rapper. He did his first live performance last week. Did you guys see Where? that? Where? It was a what? Fe- it was a festival. Did you? You didn't. Oh yeah, you were on vacation. Wanna... Is Love Bell doing Thrival this year? Is that what? That <laughs> oh, oh my maybe. God, I would go that see might, that, that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? I don't know, but he yeah he did his first uh, live show. It's on his Instagram. If you go to his Instagram, you can see it was some festival outdoors. I think it, it wasn't Coachella. It was like... Could you imagine? It might have been a house party in Atlanta. I don't know. <laughs> in a basement. Somewhere. It looked big. <laughs> and he was like, thanks for everybody. For the first live performance went great and everything. I, don't I got think- the juice. Was he at Stagecoach? Is I that got where the he juice. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he was at Stagecoach. Numbers I got the Fest. Juice. Oh, he was at OU. Where is that? Numbers Fest in Athens, Ohio. So that he- Oh, that's, that's- kind of where he's from, right? He's from Ohio. They get big acts, though. Like... Big, really? big acts? Like Kendrick, I think, went one year. Really? A couple oh, years whoa. ago. Yeah, when I was in college, Kendrick right. went. You didn't go to OU, did you? No, I did not. Katie from Big uh, 1047. 1047 Big? I don't know. Big 104. You had it the first time. I'm sorry. That's okay. I didn't want to screw it up. That's all right. Uh, Katie O's filling in for Val this morning. We appreciate that. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh, and that means that the uh, NHL and NBC crew is here. Good morning, hockey fans, and welcome to the NHL on NBC. I'm Doc Emmerich, along with Edzo and Pierre, and we are at the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the energy is palpable. And speaking of energy, I seem to be hooked up to a series of wires that are positioned near various nerve centers on my body, and I haven't the slightest idea why. Pierre, you're between the benches. What say you, sir? Doc, I've spoken with the NHL's head electrician, Travis McRupp, and he assures me this is all safe and up to code. Edzo, what is Pierre talking about? Okay, Doc, every time we're in Pittsburgh, you have a habit of mentioning the Pittsburgh Pirates like way too many times. And quite an April they've had. A nearly perfect Kingham in his debut this past Sunday. Uh, Yeah, like that. It's really annoying. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. In fact, because attendance notwithstanding, the hottest team in the NL Central is none other than your Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, my God, what a shock! All the way up from my lower extremities, past the belt line, and filtering its way out of my neck and ears. Truly a shocking development, Pierre. You're between the benches. Maybe you know why this happened. Doc, it's going to happen every time you mention the buckos. It's called cognitive shock therapy. Enzo's idea. Yeah, Doc, I got this idea from a trainer buddy of mine in Pimlico. 
He hooks his horses up to these cables and gives them a little jolt when the horses exhibit undesirable behavior. So if I am to understand correctly... Oh my, what a shock! From the stick of Enzo, a rip-roar and current of electricity for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Oh, Jeez, my. Jeez, Enzo, he didn't even mention them that time. Sorry, I thought he was about to say something. Doc, I'll be speaking with league disciplinarian George Paros about this, and believe me, he's going to want to have a face-to-face with Enzo over that unwarranted shock. Snitches get stitches, Pierre. Just trying to protect the integrity of electroconvulsive therapy, Edzo. So as it stands, I'll be on the unlucky end of the Edzo shock contraption anytime I mention the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh my god, what a shock to the system! My cufflinks have become like molten lava rocks against my wrist, and Edzo, I have to admit, I am confused. Sorry, Doc, it's just that we'd really like to keep it to hockey talk tonight. Big game with Ovi and Sid in the barn. And folks, that last avalanche of lethal voltage has caused a mild arrhythmia. Edzo, if you'd be so kind to administer one more electric offering to... And that'll do it! The electric currents from that unimaginably painful current of white-hot electricity has knocked my heart back into a sinus rhythm, and we'll take this moment to pause for a word from our sponsors. When we come back, the puck will drop at PPG Paints Arena, the pens in the capitals, and you can be most assured there will be no mention of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh oh. Jesus, Enzo! I can see the smoke from down here. Did you adjust the voltage from what the trainer used on thousand pound thoroughbreds? Didn't occur to me. Gentlemen, can someone retrieve my eyeglasses from atop the Jumbotron, please? It's the Penguins and the Capitals. I was stuck in doc voice. Yeah, you were. 7.30 puck drop tonight. We're going to tell you who the winner is of those uh, tickets we gave away for every home game in this series, which it's at least going five. You know that much. We do. We know that much. A 7.30 start tonight. Mike has more on that. And uh, Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang also. KDO is filling in for Val with your news when we return. What are you talking about over there, Katie? Stormy Daniels. Stormy's back in the news. Stormy. Did you see Stormy's real name? What is it? It's not Stormy Daniels. Oh, I know that. I would imagine not, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it sounds like somebody you went to grade school with. Like, it's like, oh, Stephanie Wilson. Yeah, she was nice. It is Stephanie something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we'll hear about the, the latest on Stormy and your chance to win a thousand bucks in workforce cash next. The other great part is they, his name is Ronnie. And that's I what I'm know. saying. That's, that's Ronnie. Dr. Dr. Ronnie. <laughs> Dr. Ronnie sounds like a doctor you would not be cool with going to see. Yeah. Dr. Ronnie. <laughs> the coolest You got any guy. Vikes, Ronnie? The guy who you call Candyman, you call him doctor by his first name. You know, like, you know, if you ever want to determine the legitimacy of a doctor, it's if they call him by the first name, you're in trouble. You know? <laughs> It's like, oh, that's Dr. Ted. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, right. Like, that guy is not operating on your, you know, on your bowel reduction surgery or anything like that. 
comes back yeah. hammered. He's like, who needs a prostate exam? I'm just kidding, you guys. Who wants a perk? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It is the DVE Morning Show. Val is on vacation. Well, she's not on vacation. Val is actually doing double duty. She is working the afternoons for Sean this week. So Sean, Sean is on vacation. So Val's filling in for Sean. So we got KDO from Big 1047 to fill in. That's right. That's right. And she's here doing news. For us this morning. Thank you because Thanks, you had Katie. to do. Oh, you're doing double. You. Du- no, you're doing double duty. Triple duty. I you guess. got. Yeah, yeah, you got screwed. No, uh, basically. No, and you had to wake up in the middle of the night to come here. So thank you is what we're trying to say. You're welcome. Bill and I are very appreciative. Yeah, we are. Well, me too. Right. You didn't bring any donuts or bagels or anything like that, but it's okay. You're a first timer. You know, we don't do have want, any. What do you want from me? We I'm don't like, have any bagels or donuts. I actually I feel enough? worse about that. You are enough. I we appreciate it. Yes. Now, well, we'll. Uh, We'll make sure that you get the bagels next time. All right. All right. Well, what's happening? Uh, the news brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. Stormy Daniels files a defamation suit against Trump. Adult film star Stormy Daniels is suing President Trump for defamation over a tweet earlier this month. Daniels, whose whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, claims she's been harmed by the president's reply to a tweet in which he called a sketch of a man she alleges threatened her a total con job. She claims Trump's comment amounts to accusing her of making up the story and has exposed her to ridicule and violent threats. Daniels claims she was approached in a Las Vegas parking lot by a man who warned her to remain silent about her alleged sexual encounter with Trump in 2006. She says he suggested something bad could happen to her. She worked with a forensic artist on the sketch. Yeah. Do you, yeah. You saw the sketch, right? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched the 60 Minutes thing on Storm Daniels, but I didn't see the sketch. Yeah, the sketch kind of looks like, it's kind of like Tom Brady-ish mm-hmm. looking. Um, and ironically, Tom Brady's sketch in the courtroom looked horrific. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, it looked like Lurch. <laughs> yeah. It, it was not a good look. I think he should take that guy but as to you know, court next time. As you noted earlier, Bill, it's, uh, it's not often that a porn star will feel that her character has been besmirched. Right. I mean, she's built up quite a tolerance, <laughs> I would say. Over 500 films. People have besmirched... Everywhere. <laughs> Yikes. There's, there's, Yikes. Been, there's been a lot of bad, uh, uh, you know, things said about her through the years. Well, and done to her. Right. So it's, yeah. it's interesting that she's suing for defamation of character. But um, I don't I'm, know. I'm shocked at how long this story has gone on. Of all the things that we're going to end up taking him down. Right? The porn this star. This is the straw that broke the camel's like, back. So, that was the squeaky wheel. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. So crazy. All right. What's next? By the way, that guy, the 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 drawing of that guy, yeah. a lot of people are drawing it to, uh, not draw, they are saying it looks a whole lot like the head of security at his whatever Vegas hotel he has out there. Great. West Mifflin. Cops go door to door. He's from West Mifflin. That, that's <laughs> what I thought. You're like, West Mifflin. <laughs> I believe it. Yep. Right, he's out. from here. Should I move on? What's There's always a Pittsburgh connection. What's happening there? Cops go door-to-door to prevent burglaries. Police in West Mifflin are helping residents burglar-proof their homes. West Mifflin police officers have been going door-to-door looking at interior and exterior security designs in the hopes they can keep a burglary from ever being attempted. Following the assessment, police give the residents a detailed report on if their homes would be considered an easy target. That's a nice service. Yeah, that's a great service. Unless the cops are burglars. No. <laughs> then that's a bad a bad service. Here's a good place to get in. I think it's a good thing. My my brother in law is uh from West Mifflin, born and raised over there, and uh you know, it's a it's tough tough part of town. Yeah. 
And you can't be having uh, the doors all unlocked lock and letting people get in. Doors. It's amazing how many people don't lock their doors and they leave the house. Yeah, I know. My neighbor's door is unable to lock. They asked me to move in. I was like, I, I might have to pass based on the fact that anybody and everybody could get into your house. So what do you? It's like an apartment building, or is it? Well, a, it's a, a house, a flats, or well, something. What is it? No, so it's uh, it's a house that's it's like a duplex, basically. Okay. Yeah, and the front door is just open to the public. So your door locks, but your neighbor's doesn't. Correct. I mean, that, I would look at that as a handy uh, perk. <laughs> yeah, isn't that kind of like if you're getting chased by a bear, you don't have to be faster than the bear, you just have to be faster than the person you're with? I suppose. I didn't think of it that way, but... I had a crappy apartment when I was younger, and it the door didn't lock, and I didn't care. Like, my dog was inside, and there was nothing anybody was really going to get out of there. How do you not care? What if they take the dog? There's no way. He was like a badass. Okay. He, you know, he would defend himself. What, are we talk- what breed are we talking here? He was like a, uh, he was like a border collie mutt, and, but he, he had an alpha streak in him, and he okay. would like, you know... He'd go at people, but um, <laughs> no, he's very protective. So I wasn't worried about him. And a lot of my friends would come over and take him for a walk when I wasn't home and stuff That's like nice. that. No, it was a nice little feature. But uh, what were they going to steal from me at the time? You know, my yeah, sound guess. design stereo. I wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> my car got stolen in front of my house in Greenfield. <laughs> Watchful eye. And it could have been like completely my fault, but it was, you know, that that was a scary moment. And I just remember thinking like, Oh my God! There's like creeps in the night, walking around, stealing cars that are unlocked with the keys in them. Oh, there, there's the weirdest feeling after you figure out your car has been stolen and someone was in there for a little while. You get that feeling of like, oh, Ew, someone yeah. was in my invading my space. I don't like that. Yeah, like- and when we when we recovered the car, there was McDonald's in the middle console. And I was like, who robs? Who steals a car on an empty awesome. stomach? That's pretty awesome. Or who steals a car and their first thought is, I could go for some nuggets. Maybe that's why they always wanted to go through the drive-thru. The ice cream machine was down. We had a, <laughs> I lived in Shadyside after college, and we had a big uh, black lab, and we thought it was going to protect us. Nope. We got robbed twice, and like they walked in, and the dog is there, and he's just kind of like wagging his tail, and they're like, hey, doggy, how are you? And they stole our TV. Yeah. That's <laughs> awful. That's yeah. where I live. I'm not going to give you like, my coordinates or anything, no, right, but yeah, yeah, I'm generally in that area, and the there's alarms that go off on my street like kind of frequently. All the time. Yeah, yeah, my car got broken into there like four times. That's and awful. I had like a cassette stereo. I didn't know what they were looking for. Maybe that was it. Yeah, that at one point, remember when everybody was stealing car stereos and you had to get the, the system that the faceplate came off? So I did get that. I ended up getting that the thing because you so you'd hit a button and and the face ejected off. It seemed very Terminator at the time. It was like, like ooh, but now you have this <laughs> the front of a sound system in your now pocket. when I turn on my car, it starts playing music from my cloud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like steal my cloud, different, baby. Different Go ahead. ball game. Go ahead. You can't steal my cloud. Can't steal my cloud. But it's, yeah, it's crazy. But it was so nice over there when I moved there. I'm like, oh, this is a nice neighborhood. And then lo and behold, right. Yeah. No one is, nothing is sacred anymore. I loved living over there except for that part. Oh, that it's was, great. That, but that was a long, long time ago. I don't know. I'm assuming it's way better now. I mean, I like it. Except for your neighbor's house who doesn't, uh, you know, the door. We got to have lock. a talk about that. I know. How can you expect me to want to move in if your doors they, don't lock? Wait, they want to move, they want you to move into yeah. their place. They were like, hey, you, I mean, I'm over there all the time, but they were like, why don't you just move in? I thought like, you, are you lived in the me? other, okay, I see what no, you're saying. No, I live a, like behind, we, have, we share an alley. Okay, yeah. and your door locks. Oh, yes. Stay in the place where the door locks. That's well, what I'm I, or buy them a new doorknob. I'm not buying that. 
That's, that's not, not on me. That's not a huge cost. How is a landlord Think not- about the money you'd save by not paying rent in the other place, by saving money by moving in with them. Or getting all my stuff stolen, having to buy it all, <laughs> well, buy that's, it all back. Yeah, that's a negative. Yeah, but if you're a landlord and somebody, like your tenant calls and says, my door doesn't lock, how is that not a priority? I don't think that she's an excellent landlord, so I'd- I don't know if she cares. All right. There's no reason you should be moving into this place. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't do that. I will visit, though. Yeah. Tell them you'll hang out there and everything. And, uh, you know, when stuff gets robbed out of their place, you'll be willing to loan them things. Oh, yeah. That's why I moved into the South Hills. I feel like I'm in the witness protection program. I love it. I feel like <laughs> I feel like every day I'm in my blue heaven. I mean, I'm just walking on the street, waving to neighbors. Hey, how are you guys? You want to talk mulch prices later? Let's do it. <laughs> you all aren't right. doing that in Greenfield? Not at all. <laughs> Shadyside's pretty friendly, too. That My favorite part about Shadyside, they leave, on Walnut Street especially, they'll leave these water bowls out because everyone walks their dogs on yeah. Walnut. That's, that's awesome. That's very nice. That's nice. Did they have water bowls in Greenfield back in the day? No. 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 No, they had um, Puddles. just kids with metal bowls <laughs> and straws on every corner. <laughs> All right, give us one more story, and then we're going to move to the next segment. KDO Uh, from Big 104.7, filling it for Val here. Okay, Bruce. The results are in, and Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits on red vinyl is the top-selling 2018 Record Store Day exclusive title. The 11th annual Indie Music Retailer Celebration on April 21st, second and third place finishers for David Bowie's Welcome to the Blackout, Live London 78, and Neil Young's Tonight's the Night, Live at the Roxy. The event helps sell... Well over 700,000 vinyl albums in the week, wow. ending April 26th, a record amount for Record Store Day week. Are you into the vinyl, or are you, too young, are you too young for even the resurgence of vinyl? No, I do like vinyl. I just I don't have a record player. No? No. Yeah. That's, that's a big snag in the whole equation. It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a deal breaker. I, yeah. I gather I, that. I should be into vinyl, but like, I, I just... I had a huge vinyl collection when I was younger, and then... Uh, I just never got back into it. And I have a record player, but I just, I don't know. I like the ease of like opening up an app on my phone, playing music, and it's there. I Dude, have- you have a great sound system in your house, and the way that you can hook it all with Bluetooth and whatever else yeah. to play like Apple Music and all yeah. that stuff. I don't have anything elaborate. I mean, I just have like what they, I have a Sonos in my upstairs, and then I just use like the Apple TV uh, access to yeah. in my basement. But that's what I'm saying. I yeah. don't I don't have that. I have <laughs> Serena's old boom box that had like a CD player. Those are the best. And a double tape deck. And that's, Dude, I have that in the garage. The double tape deck. I For, have a DDJ. That's like the opposite end of the spectrum. What's a DDJ? The controller. Wait, what is it? Yeah, like a portable controller, like to mix music. Quite the opposite of a record player. So we're, we're both like I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, teach us. What's DDJ stand for? Well, it's like a, a digital disc jockey. Oh, like okay. A, yeah. So like to mix music. So you mix. So you're like DJing. Yeah, at my apartment. So you just I don't like, have like gigs or anything, but you're spinning like stuff. Like at your I wouldn't place? say I'm spinning. Oh, you're not doing that news? bunk gunk music, are you? I'm sorry. Bunk gunk 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 gunk. No, you're not doing I that. I don't do like dubstep or anything. <laughs> no. Nothing crazy. I'm not going to play Coachella next year, but yeah. Well, you know, never say never. True. What kind of music? House. There it is. Hass. Hass. You're right. Excuse me. You play hass. Forgive me. Don't you play that hass music? Play that hass. <laughs> KDO from 104.7 filling in uh, with your news this morning. Thank you so much for doing that. Of course. You know, we gave away 
a chance for you to win tickets to every home game against the Capitals if you were uh, the biggest Pens fan. Well, not if you were. You know, the video we like best submitted uh, in which you proclaim to be the biggest Pens fan and why you should win, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure how many entries you got. We got a bunch. This one stood out, though, because it made us laugh uncontrollably. Uh, this is Jill Balmer. She's the winner of the tickets. And Jill <laughs> dressed up like Mark Madden <laughs> and did a video. Wigging a beard on. And it is. Uh, do, do we have this posted on the website? It is. Okay. You so you it. can go and see this at dve.com. Jill Balmer, uh, here's her winning video submission. Well, well, well. <laughs> So it's the pens and caps in the playoffs again. She's dressed up like Madden. Well, if Ovechkin thinks this year is going to be any different, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> if I'd have dime for every Stanley Cup Ovechkin's won, I would have zero dimes. Friend Holby, D-Lee, D-Lee, D-Lee. Well, let's take a call. Jill Balmer's the biggest pens fan ever. Oh, man. Who's Jill Balmer? <laughs> I'm Jill Balmer, and I might not be a super genius, but I am a super Pens fan. <laughs> Woo! Let's go, Pens! Three leave, three leave, three leave. Woo! Oh, dude, that is hilarious. Just flawless. Congratulations to Jill Balmer, DBE. DVE Sports. It's on 7.30 tonight. Penguins and the Capitals. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on DVE. Mike. Sports is brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It is the Pens and the Caps. 7.30 on your Pens flagship. 105.9 The X and NBCSN. The Penguins reacting yesterday to the news that the NHL would not be holding a hearing and or disciplining the Caps' Tom Wilson for his hit on Brian Dumoulin, that uh, concussed Dumoulin, knocked him out of Game 2 on Sunday. Dumoulin practiced yesterday. He had a non-contact jersey on, but he otherwise did his normal stuff. Uh, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, Mike Sullivan said everybody. Uh, obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Too much uh, draft over the weekend. Yep. <laughs> uh, Mike Sullivan said everybody's a game-time decision. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, Carl Hagelin, Brian Dumoulin. Uh, hopefully they get uh, one, if not more, of those guys back and uh, get a little jolt going into Game 3. Sidney Crosby uh, acknowledged yesterday he's a little disappointed that uh, the NHL did not come down on Mr. Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't make those decisions. I mean, just based on what you see you know, around the league, I thought, I thought that you know, there was going to be something there, but um, it's not the case, and that's, that's out of our control. Yeah, I should correct that. Crosby was surprised the league did not come down. On Wilson, Justin Schultz was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a little disappointing, but can't do much about it. We're we're moving on and just looking forward to the next game. And that is the theme for the Penguins: moving on and looking forward to the next game. It wasn't just the Wilson hit on Brian Dumoulin that left the Pens scratching their heads in Game Two. There was the Patrick Hornquist goal that was not a goal. There was the slash parallax view. That was a parallax angle, Mike. That is the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard. The parallax angle. How about what do you call it when the puck tucks itself behind the goalpost and is, is in the That's a parallax netting? tuck. I call that a goal. Yeah, thanks. That's what I uh, call it. Come up with some more stupid stuff for the internet, people. Honest to God. But 
to back to my point, there was that. There was the uh, Brett Connolly slash on Matt Murray on the Caps' second goal. Uh, Murray thought that was goaltender interference. It was at least slashing. A lot of stuff went on. Uh, good and bad, you got to flush it and keep moving forward. Here's uh, Sidney Crosby talking about that. It doesn't do us any good moving forward, so I think you know that's you know that's kind of the, the motivation to uh, to move on. I think, uh, like I said, we we did some good things, especially in the second and third, and we'll build off of that. But you know, worrying about the other stuff isn't really gonna gonna help us. And um, you know, we have uh, a lot of good things to take away from that game. I would agree with them. I think they're fine right now, injuries and all. Uh, what what makes it iffy is the Caps probably think they're fine too. Yeah. You know, they they thought they had game one in the hip pocket, and they let the third period get away from them. So, I have to, I have so they're tied just like the Penguins. Yeah. I really thought if we were at full strength that this was going to be a tough, evenly matched series. No and, question. And now I feel like if we could get back to being healthy, we would destroy them. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I feel the same way. I don't know about way. that either. Uh, I, I can tell you this. Uh, the NHL put out a stat yesterday. After the Caps won game two, it ensured that there would not be a sweep. This is the 11th all-time meeting between the Penguins and the Capitals. They're the only two franchises in NHL history that have met at least 10 times in the playoffs, and one team has never swept the other. Oh, that's that's an interesting stat. And not only that, there have only been two five-game series. Penguins won both of those. Pens have won nine of the 10 previous. But there have only How many been, sevens have there been? Uh, that I, I didn't go that deep into it, but of the first 10... Eight of them went at least six. Joe, will you look that up? At least six. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a battle. It's a battle, man. Every it time always with is. these guys. It always is. And uh, that's what makes it fun, right? Goaltending is huge in this series because yeah, there are a lot of shooters and a lot of shots. A lot of talent out there. Yeah. So that's why I think we need Malkin and Haglin back because of what Haglin does to the forecheck, what Malkin can do on the score sheet, what, the impact he has on Kessel. That's why I think Holpe looks so comfortable. He has to deal with that Sid line, which is formidable, but then what else? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Bill. Uh, Haglin had a really mediocre first half, as did the Penguins, and then he played much better in the second half of the season, and lo and behold, the Penguins played a lot better. I don't think it was coincidental, and I thought he was an underappreciated uh, component of that Philly series. Gensel you, didn't. You it, saw Haglin in playoff mode again. Yep. It's like, oh, I remember this guy. He reached, Blocking ha- shots. He havoc. His speed is a problem. He does a little of everything. You know, whatever's required, blocking shots, scoring a goal here and there, getting in on a four-check, turning it over, penalty killing, which is critical in this series. Mm-hmm. Gensel didn't get going until the postseason really either. This year, yeah. And now, I'll tell you what, if last game set any precedent, they're going to be throwing him around like a rag doll again tonight nice. to Oof. see if he gets called. He took a beating in that last game. Got to keep going to the net, kid. Uh, he does. I mean, he's not complaining oh, about yeah, it. He's yeah. I mean, it's hard to score goals. Clearly. Got gotta, hacked by Niskanen. Got to pay a price. This is really fun. I, I love that these teams play almost every year, and me too. They're so evenly matched, and I'm sure Penguins fans love that they invariably almost always win. <laughs> it's like a roller coaster that doesn't crash, right? <laughs> you get to the end and you say, "That was great." I was oh, really scared there a couple times, but let's do it again yeah. next year. <laughs> we're in the middle of the fun part right now. Once it gets to uh, elimination game time, and we're on the wrong end of it. It might not be as much fun, but one-one having left DC, I'm okay with that for the Penguins. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to look at it any other way. 
4-2 uh, lightning over the Bruins last night. They're tied at a game apiece. Uh, Vegas beats San Jose 4-3 in overtime for a 2-1 series lead. The other game tonight, in addition to Penn's Caps, is Nashville at Winnipeg. That's tied at a game apiece. Man, that has been some fun hockey, too. Did you see what they're doing to the fish over there? Oh, the, the Titans. Oh, Awful. They're just pouring beer all over the fish. There's a guy at the bottom drinking it. Was there? Oh, I didn't even notice yeah, that part after, of it. After it tasted good. They were doing carp chugs? Or after it cascaded catfish down the catfish. That's a, how is PETA not pissed about that? I mean. They're very selective. And PETA? Yeah. Look, yeah. that well, guy's already dead. Well, that guy was drinking it. It gets even grosser when you factor in that that guy had to sneak that in in his pants. That's a great That's point. That's their thing. They like I that. don't know. You think they did? You think the Tennessee Titans had to sneak that into their suite? Or they just show up? Is that who was doing that? That was the Titans? Yeah, it's an offensive line. They've become... Oh, I didn't even realize that was They've become sort of the unofficial mascots. In my head, and for that joke, it has to be that, yes, I think they snuck it in in their pants. (laughs) I don't know if they actually, like, fit their suite with a bunch of... You know, a catfish selection for them to choose from. I'm gonna guess a those spread. Guys, I'm right. gonna guess those guys show up and pretty much bring what they want. The yeah, that, that was uh, how y'all doing? Pretty big one. It was I enormous. mean, it was huge. That was some serious hillbilly hand fishing. Whoever yeah. got that, you went would need and noodled a great pair of cargos to fit that. Yeah, <laughs> that's their thing. You know, they're enjoying. <laughs> yeah, the I know. Vegas it's, is making a, a spectacle out of the games out there. The Vegas thing is getting a little too. It's a little too yeah, showy. Little I mean, too can it for me. be too over the top of it's Vegas? <laughs> it's Vegas. But <laughs> yeah, I guess the answer is yes. I just I see why they do so well at home because the game before the game starts, the knight comes out and he's got a sword, and the, the poor <laughs> bastard from the other team has a flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. Who's going to win fair. that? You know. Yeah. I don't know if you're a betting man, Randall. I'm going to bet on the guy with the sword. Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. When we return on the DVE Morning Show. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta in tow. KDO from Big 1047 filling in for Val this morning. And we Yeehaw! have the privilege of being joined now by Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. Good morning, Mike. How are you, sir? What's going on? Well, good to have you back, Randy. Good to have you in the saddle and you're in full form. You got a lot of doubts, and I love it. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back to, yeah. Filled to the brim. Filled to the brim with (laughs) doubt. Well, I I wouldn't say that I'm doubtful of anything. I'm, uh... I knew the NHL was not going to do anything to Wilson, and I was hoping that we'd at least be able to, like, you know, you take one of our guys out, we'll take one of your guys out, uh, and even up uh, things from that perspective. But um, that's just not how the NHL operates, Mike. No, it's uh, it's uh, it's perplexing to say the least uh, about the way the situation is. I guess. You know, last year, you may remember Matt Calvert uh, mauling uh, Tom Kunakel, and he got a one-game suspension. I thought, really, basically, that should have been at least three, maybe more, maybe for the series, because it's a, to me it was a match penalty. Mm-hmm. I don't think Wilson's was incomparable to anything like that. I, I think he was following, and uh, he's a big man. I mean, there's no question, and, and, and Doomy's in that situation. He kind of uh, pulled up and... Uh, you know, the best thing that could have happened there is that uh, Doomy was able to play Connor Sherry and uh, and be the roadrunner and just step out of the way and let them go at each other. That would have been a good collision. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been good, 43-8 and eight together, and, uh, yeah. and down they go. But, uh, you know, I, the hits to the head are something of concern. I think every player 
uh, and everybody in hockey. And I, I don't have an answer for it. I don't make those decisions again. And uh, uh, what can you say, really? So what you've got now is you've got you to gotta erase it and put it back behind you. And now you've got a best-of-five series. That's what you've got. You start from scratch, and hopefully you get some people back in that lineup that make you, uh, you know, stronger than uh, than what the Caps are, and and you fight for your life and try and win a series, and that's what the hockey playoffs are all about. And we see it time in and time out. Uh, it's not easy to accomplish, and you've got to work for it. One thing that uh, also signifies it's postseason hockey is the referees swallowing their whistles. And it, it it always baffles my mind every year how these guys know what the new rules are, what they can get away with, without anything being really codified or written down and saying, well, now we're going to let you get away with this. There seems to be a lot more leeway for players. Does it baffle you year after year, or have you come to accept this is postseason hockey? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure where this mindset is uh, from the officials, and uh, it, it is a... It's a higher tempo game. It's more intensity, and, and it is it is to be played physically. But there's a line you have to work with, and and I think that in a lot of cases they let things uh, get out of line and almost encourage uh, the the old time hockey where you would just have to physically beat each other to death in a playoff series. And I just don't think that's the the right thing to do. One of the great series we've ever had here was with Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, when the Penguins won in seven uh, and beat them, and it was. It was physical. It was clean. It was fast. It was great hockey. The best best series maybe I've ever seen between two teams. But we get away from that in a way because officials just kind of encourage the over-the-line type of hits uh, that we see. And, yes, it's a physical game, but I just I just get that feeling that, that it's kind of a different attitude and, and do put it away a little bit more uh, uh, during the playoffs. Why? I don't have the answer for you on that. Mike, if you're the Penguins, what, what are you hanging your hat on first and foremost coming out of those first two games moving into tonight? Well, first of all, you've got to split. So you've got home ice advantage, Mike. And uh, the Penguins were dynamite all year long. They haven't been in the playoffs or one and two with the Caps or two and three on home ice. And, and you've got to take advantage of that. So you've got the home, uh, home ice, and I think that's a big plus for the Penguins. I do think that they, they it can get Malkin and or uh, – uh, Hagelin back, and if Dumy can play, now you got a different animal. I mean, you got a different hockey club. Where the Caps have had pretty good success in the first two games is really down the middle, despite the fact that Sid and crew have been dominant, and the Penguins haven't got much production from anything else. So if you put Malkin in there, it kind of changes the scope. I mean, when Lars Eller is kind of a star player, you, you kind of read between the lines and what's going on because uh, they, they, they don't have to match up against Malkin. So it, it changes the scope of a lot of things as far as uh, the game plan from, from Washington. But with him on the lineup, uh, it, it is a change. And uh, and the other side of it is the Penguins are going to have to get some production from down below, uh, from lines three and four. I mean, give the Caps credit. They did, uh, you know, to get their victory. And, uh, uh, you know, a guy like Derek Broussard is going to have to come alive. Uh, you know, and somebody down, down in those uh, bottom two lines is going to have to contribute in some way. Uh, offensively, I just think that's the key. If you're going to win a seven-game series, I think you need to spread it out in your lineup, and that'll be an important thing for the Penguins. Getting Geno back is obviously important, but maybe even more important for somebody like Phil the Thrill. I, I caught some of your conversation yesterday with with Stan, mm-hmm. and I heard you mention that you think he's he's playing hurt. I do think, uh, and that's just my uh, my opinion. Uh, I watched him. Uh, 
I've watched him play for a couple three years, so I think I got a pretty good read on on where he is. Uh, he's hampered by something, and uh, to me anyway, uh, he's just skating is just not quite there. He's, I don't know where he's sore or uh, that he, he's not able to, to skate backwards as quickly as he, he did, especially on the power play. His passes are a little offline from what he's done, and I watched him in the warm up, and he kind of stood away from from the crowd at times. So I, I do think there's something that's bothering him, but he's a warrior and he just wants to come and play. Um, you know, I, I mentioned yesterday that it wouldn't affect his streak if he came out of the lineup, <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, that stays, stays as is. Um, but you need, you need him because he's such a valuable part on the power play. The Penguins haven't had a power play goal in this series so far. Uh, they haven't scored a power play goal in the last four games uh, in this playoff year. So it, he's, he's an important cog in it, and uh, so I, I hope that you know just day to day that he gets a little bit better and uh, and, and can help the cause. But a lot of these guys, uh, Crower, they're all you know a lot of them are playing hurt, um, and on Washington side too. I mean, it's just the time of year, and and so we have to kind of allow for that when folks think that somebody's not going. Perhaps there is another reason uh, why the production hasn't been there on the basis that we've been used to seeing. You think that was late in the Philly series, Mike? I recall one of those last couple games where there was kind of an awkward play along the blue line, and he looked a little out of sorts. Yeah, you know, he got hurt late in the year too, Mike. And uh, I don't know if he aggravated something that uh, came back. If you remember that, he 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 he, he, he trucked through it. You know, he he played the last three or four games to uh, to finish it out. But he was definitely at uh, at the mercy of the hockey gods there of, of being hurt and trying to get it. And I don't know if it has anything to do with it. And I. I don't want to punctuate it and make everybody uh, think that he's not, you know, he's, he's not 100%. And, and, and quite frankly, you know how hockey players are. Nobody's going to say a word, and no. it's all right. It's okay. It's part of the part of the atmosphere of what goes on. But uh, I, I, I do see a little hesitation in this game, and, and uh, I, I've seen enough of the good stuff of Phil Kessel to know that he brings it, and he can bring it every night. And, uh, you know, a little knowing, I, I was going through the stat things, uh, of all the Penguins that have played here on this roster, okay, who has the best plus-minus record in the playoffs? Yeah, lifetime, career, and it's Phil Kessel. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so uh, he's a dynamite uh, money player when the, when, the, when the chips are on the line. Mike Lang will be calling it tonight, PPG Paints Arena, 7.30 puck drop alongside the old 2-9er on our brother station, 105.9 The X. Mike, it is always a pleasure to talk with you, sir, and uh, we'll be listening. All right, and I know the fist pumps will be going there, the old two-niner, and he's got that song, you know, you guys, everybody's put oh. together for him. So he puts that in his earphones on one side, <laughs> and he does the game on the other. He just goes all night long. Yeah. All, he, sings, he, sings, yeah. he can sing that song, too, all night. You know, oh, he's, yeah. He's so good. He's oh, yeah. just so good. Oh, yeah. He'll take that Sweetness. and the cup down to the river. <laughs> That's him. Mikey, thanks it. so much. It's great thanks. talking with you. Thanks for having us. Take guys. care. We'll yep. see you. Bye. Mike Lang is uh, the Hockey Hall of Famer, and uh, once again, you'll hear him tonight. 105.9 The X, a 7.30 puck drop, and this is going to be a doozy, Mike. Oh, a it's, doozy. going to continue to uh, ratchet up to a boil. It, it's it's on now. 1-1. Letang's got to continue to be really good. He was really good uh, last game. Mm-hmm. you got to win at home. Got to win at home. Got to win at home. Uh, KDO from uh, Big 104.7, filling in for Val, has news for you when we return. What are we uh, going to be talking about over there, Katie? Oreos. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was very dramatic. It was deliberate, yes. As it should be. Oreos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right.
How is a landlord Think not... Think about the money you'd save by not paying rent in the other place by saving money by moving in with them. Or getting all my stuff stolen, having to buy it all, <laughs> well, buy that's, it all back. Yeah, that's a negative. Yeah, but if you're a landlord and somebody, like your tenant calls and says, my door doesn't lock, how is that not a priority? I don't think that she's an excellent landlord, so I, I don't know if she cares. That's why I moved into the South Hills. I feel like I'm in the witness protection program. <laughs> I love it. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like every day I'm in my blue heaven. I mean, I'm just walking on the street, waving to neighbors. Hey, how are you guys? You want to talk mulch prices later? Let's do it. You all aren't right. doing that in Greenfield? Not at all. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. My Blue Heaven is a very underrated movie. Not a lot of people know it, but the people that know it love it. It's a it's an underrated Steve Martin movie. I think the hairstyle took a lot of people out of it. Yeah. I think he looked so goofy that people didn't want to accept that. It was that so exaggerated. Yeah. yeah. And it's coming from him. Yeah. It was not maybe the most believable to believe that he was a wise guy. Right. Yeah. But it's very funny. It's him and so Rick fun. Moranis, Joan Cusack. Just off the top of my head, those ones came up real quick, but I like, can't remember who else is in that we were. You his, ever special, his special with Marty Short's coming out pretty soon. I know. Oh, did yeah, you happen to see wait. the show they did live I here? I did. It was so good. It was awesome. And Martin Short just makes me laugh so hard. And he, he's phenomenal. His book is highest recommendation uh, to get his uh, book, the name of which escapes me right now, his recent biography. But Isn't it like like uh, the humble musings of a total legend yes, or something like that? It's something Marty Short like. Yeah. And he reads the audiobook too, which I listened to uh, Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. Oh, yeah, that's Just great. to hear Steve Martin do all those old bits right. again, because yeah, yeah. he does them on the audiobook. And so Martin Short does all of his bits on the audiobook for that, too. So I read it and started listening to the audiobook. It's fantastic. But uh, those Also two- highly recommend that Born Standing Up. Oh, what Steve what a book. What yeah. a story. That show they did here, which is what I'm assuming the Netflix special will be. I think so. Was really funny. And the, um, the Bluegrass band that steve martin is in steve, steve canyon, canyon rangers, rangers. Yeah. yeah awesome so good was, my mom and i were on our feet it was awesome yeah it was honestly one of the best parts of the show yeah they were uh, they're pretty tremendous and he's such a badass banjo he's, player he's incredible yeah he's been obsessed with it forever which i guess you have to be to become any level of you know virtuoso true martin short's book's name is i must say my life as a humble comedy legend yes it's so so Very martin good. short uh katie from big 1047 filling in with your news this morning on dv what's going on uh news brought to you by channel 11 news on fox 53 weeknights at 10 oreo rolls out new flavors so new flavors abound abound yeah. but they're gonna be like in the grocery store soon or well, is this gonna be like, like one of those one of those contest things where People submit ideas for new Oreos? Well, let me read it. I didn't read it yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we do this to You got to read it. Time. Oreo is rolling out some new exotic flavors. The three new limited edition flavors are cherry cola. I should have read this before. Oh my no God. thanks. Kettle corn and pina colada. The company called on the public to submit suggestions. Well, there you go. And the Very brand nice. selected these three as the finalists. The, the, o- the only good thing about drinking pina coladas is when you barf, it doesn't taste that bad. <laughs> that's that's an excellent point. Yeah. There's a nice coconut afterburn. It's a nice coconut, yeah, burn in the back of your throat. <laughs> I don't want that in a cookie. No, me they, neither. Double stuff was far enough. That's that's yeah. as far as you should go. Mm-hmm. Whoa, they got crazy. Double the cream. Actually, this is a, this is a lot. I take that back. The orange filled for Halloween is also that's acceptable. I like. That. Yeah, but the taste is a little weird for me on that one. 
But I like it enough because it could be seasonal. Like it's like a pumpkin it's spice. Fun. Like, but there's you know? no. But they know because they do make pumpkin spice Oreos. Oh, God. But it's of the white. It's the white cookie. Ew. See, I like the golden Oreos. Those, as I've grown up. That's what I'm talking about. Those are nice. No, with the pumpkin spice. It's disgusting. No, with the pumpkin spice. No, I'm talking okay. about just like the blonde Oreos. Golden Oreo sounds like something on Urban Dictionary that I <laughs> yeah. don't want to know the definition to. Well, I'm not submitting to that. It's I'm a new just club. saying the cookie. All right, cherry cola, pina colada, and kettle corn. Kettle corn. That's a that's just so dumb. The company apparently used judging criteria that included taste, appeal, creativity, and originality. They also conducted rigorous taste tests before selecting the three flavors. Oreo is now trying to pick a winner from the three finalists and is hosting a contest to determine the public's favorite. You're able to vote on the final three until June 30th on www.myoreocreation.com. The winner, the winning flavors created will get $500,000. Half a million bucks. That's a lot of dough for a cookie. Well done. That was good. Thank you. Dough? Yeah. Very punny. Even though there's no dough in those kinds of cookies. There's got to be at some point. This is an outrage. Maybe super early It's on. an outrage because of the... Cherry cola? Yeah, that's... Come on. So is the cookie going to be that flavor or the filling? I think that's the That's filling. like something your high friend would suggest and everybody would immediately shut it down. Did they ever do a peanut butter Oreo? Yeah. Oh, of yeah. Of course. That's like one of the first ones they did. All right. Don't get I mad. think these people are bored and they're trying to keep their job. So they're like, what can we do to stay like popular as a brand? Let's do all these funky new flavors. It's like people love Oreos. Right. You're a legend. All you have to do now is... Cash checks. First of all, pot has been legalized in so many states that they're capitalizing on this newfound sort of, you know, th th there's a there's munchies in neighborhoods that, you know, have never experienced them before. So they're trying to capitalize, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like, there is you know, a new there's probably soccer moms market. eating gummies going, this is a great way to go. <laughs> and, but the difference is, is nobody's going to eat these cherry cola kettle corn ones. They just get they're people not talking about Oreos customers. and that's it. That's all they care about. And we're, we're doing their bidding right now. But but they have to make them, right? They have to have them available somewhere. They're just yeah. throwing that money away. Or is that the advertising money? No, we are giving them the advertising right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. That's All right, true. what's next? The top 10 superpowers we'd want to have. Top 10 superpowers we want to have on the uh, eve, not eve, but uh, in the wake of the Infinity War. Yes. Record-breaking weekend. What, a quarter of a billion dollars? Yes. At the box office this past weekend? Yep. That is insanity. That's so like, That's a new record. Is it? Ingested for inflation, though, like every time we talk about this, we never talk about records adjusted, adjusted for inflation. So like, you know, the Empire Strikes Back mm -hmm. versus right. this, like what is the differential? Like they oh, never tell know. you that part. Yeah. They don't want to tell you. All right. What are the super Gone with the wind with? was such a box office smash when it came out. <laughs> yeah. 1939. Yeah. It made over $30. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So there's there's ten top ten. Should there, I go ten to one? Go ten to ten to one. Super intelligence. Yeah, we yeah, all want that. Any intelligence would be good. Shape shifting. That's weird. That's yeah. like that. That has like hashtag shapeshifter. It feels like it, it's only used for nefarious things okay. and creepy things. Shapeshifter is you. Like you get to change your form into like a wolf okay. or. This TV show on Nickelodeon about like wolf. Alex Mack in the 90s. Mm -hmm. She yeah. could become like that little silver like goo or whatever. That's so, all I can think of. Also, like, you know. Like the Wonder Twins back in the day on Hanna Barbera when they could turn themselves into a pail of water. 
and stuff this, like that. Is this what we're going to do? We're going to go around with references that neither one of us, yes. n- the, no, rest, that was the other the two time. don't get? Just, I, I thought that I would try. It didn't work. So, okay. Number eight, super strength. Yes. But if you're stupid, it doesn't matter. Hmm. Brute strength over, yeah. See, that, that, that's why Hulk got two of those. Not only is he super smart, he's a scientist. Yeah, but is he smart when he's hulked out? No. Is he, that's, he's just that's roid raging, muscles so, take yeah, over. Right. Yeah. That might just be kind of like a generalization. That the, you know, that's painting with a broad brush, I think. That he's roid raging? Yeah. Okay. So maybe he's not smart just because he's, you know, ripped. Okay. Immortality. I, no, oh, I don't want yeah. to live. Really? You want to live forever? I feel like you see enough at one point. I haven't gotten there yet. I mean, I can't, I can't no, really yeah. talk. You're early yeah, going. It's hard to say that I'm just cool with dying when I still want to do so many things. Right. Well, not right now, but like, you know. Even in some far off time. I want to be there. It all depends on your ability to do things. Like if I could live forever at like my capacity to, you know, enjoy things right now, that's different than being 150 in in a chair and they give me you know gruel twice a day and plug me to a wall, into a no, wall. I don't no, I'm not that. talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about I want to live long enough where my brain can be put into a robot of my design. Like I can completely come up with an AI. You want to become your you're own gonna, sex you're robot. You're going to be Alexa. Yes. <laughs> you're an Alexa. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hey Bill. Play one two points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey Bill. What's the weather today? <laughs> all right, what's the other one? Telepathic communication, number six. Uh, I feel like you'd get burned on that all I, the time. I do not want to know what anyone is thinking. Exactly. No, and here's the thing. Have you ever called somebody or somebody butt-dialed you and you're just listening for a second? I don't even want to hear that. Right. Like the conversation that's going on because I'm like worried they're going to start trashing yeah. me. It's enough that we have like free speech in the internet where I can know what everyone is thinking at all. That's what they're, enough. what they're willing to tell you, what they're willing to tell you. That's enough. Yeah. I don't want to know any more than that. No, I, yeah. yeah. My dad calls me all the time and just, but it's butt dials and just, I can hear him at the casino. Yeah. Like, oh, but well, do you, li- how long do you listen? Uh, just long enough to see if he's, you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tony on red. Like, is this uh, I fallen and I can't get up call right. or is he just dealing aces and didn't realize it. Number, he butt num- dialed me. Number five is good. Super healing abilities. Oh, I would love that. I like yes. that. I would like any healing abilities. True. And like, it's not clear if it means just yourself or other people too. How so. about mental? Mental scars? Those heal up okay too? Oh yeah. All I right. think that's included. All right. I'm in. It's a package deal. Yeah. Teleportation number four. Weigh in on this one. Oh, I yeah. mean, I always say that I wish- You need this one more than anyone. <laughs> I wish I there was a deal like cigarettes cutting time off your life that you could teleport, but it took time off your life. I would make that bargain all the time. So if it took seven minutes off your life every time you did, you teleported dude you how often would you hours. teleport i don't know ever maybe you would like overdo it at first and kind of get it out of your system You're like all right i gotta reel it in right i just cost myself special a, i'm already i already lost a day right so just for like, jazz fest or coachella <laughs> right. maybe i don't know i think it would put traffic in perspective where you'd be like okay it's it, it's not great <laughs> to sit in traffic leading up to the tunnel but but it's not going to cost me the trade-off. Time just of my is life. not worth it. One brake light—that's it. You're out of there. <laughs> yeah, but then your car would yeah. stay. That's true. So I didn't think about y- that. Your car gets towed. You teleport, but your car gets towed. And then you cause more traffic. Yeah, that's right. What if you could teleport with your car? This is problematic. Mm, that's going to take 14 minutes off your life. Well, that's just too much. These are the rules. Time travel number three. Kind of goes with teleportation. No, no, not, not really. really. Not really. Teleporting 
to the past. What? I don't think it's That's a good much. idea. That's too fancy. It's just it's not a it's not a good idea. I've seen Back to the Future. We've seen these movies. It's just it never works out. <laughs> Remember when they asked Jeb Bush if he could go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby? Would he do it? And he's like, I would kill oh, that yeah. baby. <laughs> I'd curb stomp baby Hitler. <laughs> I would kill that baby. <laughs> How did I he, would how did punt he not baby get Hitler across the room. It's like, he's, oh, I'd kill that you baby. Did, you wouldn't, like, nobody else would know <laughs> completely out of context. Here comes poor Jeb, low energy, and just kicks this baby. Roundhouse kick to the face. Like, dude, you just kicked Adolf across the room. What's no, he's going to be a megalomaniac one day. How do you know? No, trust me. I can't. I, you just killed our baby. No, 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 no. I killed Hitler. <laughs> Being able to fly, number two. Ah. Oh. I would do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be so fun. But would you Just, need, like... Do you ever have dreams where you can fly? Yes. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like everyone has. Yeah. yeah. That and the anxiety dream of losing a tooth. Have you ever had that one? Yes. Yeah. It's a, Does the flying dream mean something? Is there something to that? It just means you're high. Okay. Hmm. Do you have to have wings? Like, do you have to have something that would help you? Just I'm thinking up Superman just style, like yeah. it's just an arm point. <laughs> No, two, as long no, as you, two, two, arms. two, two, yeah, arms. one, and you just stall out. No, it just goes right. <laughs> <laughs> you just fly in circles. Yeah. <laughs> the number one superpower: invisibility. Again, it just feels creepy to me. It's very weird. The sh- yeah. Like the shape shifting and the invisibility feel like you want to hang out in the women's room at Kaufman's or something. Well, you, you already have that ability online. Kaufman's is close. At <laughs> least Lazarus, at the very least. At the you know, very I'd love least. to be able to walk around horns for the day. I you know, know, but Kaufman sounded funnier. Sparkle. <laughs> love to go to Boss Cobbs and nobody see me. <laughs> Everybody, invisibility just has a creepy feel to it. Like, yes. there's not. What good are you really doing in the midst of being invisible? Like you say, you want to be a fly on the wall during a conversation, but you don't actually. I mean, that's weird. That's just you just say that, you know. And now you can be. I mean, there's so many other ways to be invisible and be in the room without actually having to see stuff. If you want to hear stuff, it seems like it's easier than ever to plant a device in where you. I guarantee they hear every word that Bill and I say yes. off the air here. We're convinced this room is wired. Oh, I mean, there's someone in my, my Mac. I'm pretty sure someone on my webcam is looking at me all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd put a piece of tape over that. A lot of people you. here do. Yeah. I've seen that. I don't do that. But, you know, what are they going to see? I don't. I, I always think like, all right, if I'm under surveillance, like, what do they really have on me? Right. We Did are I not the ones that are my nose maybe about. too much? <laughs> Hit Panera more than I should? A lot of you pick two orders. Yeah. There's uh, so many. Bacon, turkey, bravo, and green goddess. Stuff like that. Katie from Big 1047 filling in this morning for about. Hey, thanks so much. You did a great job. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Katie. That's not an easy situation to be thrown into. So uh, thanks for for picking up the pieces for us this morning. Oh, yeah. A quick look at the weather before we talk to Jerry Uh Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining us right now, talking about the Steelers post-draft. And uh, did it go the way they hoped it would, Jerry? Well, two things, Randall. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Katie, who's uh, produced several of my uh, golf shows when I was at the Rochester Inn before she's emerged to where she is now. Yeah, how about her now? So, hey to Katie. Hey, Jerry. And and I think, um, I think I've been accused of bugging that war room a, a few times <laughs> with some of the picks over the years. You know what? Um, when, when you look at it in retrospect, um, let's not lose sight of this. You know, for all this talk about wanting to play differently, 
their intention and their hope was to draft Rashawn Evans. If he was on the board, that's who they were taking, the linebacker from Alabama. Right. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't be having uh, as much discussion as changing the way they're playing. But let me say this. They're, um, they are very cognizant of the fact that how much they are playing sub-package football. And, and you know, short of getting the guy they wanted, they knew their their other alternative was to go this way. And they drafted a Cam Chancellor type, you know, a big guy who can play in the middle and sub package, you know, play down, excuse me, play down in the box, and uh, you know, then they then they went and got another similar type of player in in Marcus Allen, you know, another thumper, um, and and so that's what that's what they're looking at, and um, see, he reminds I, me of Shamarco Thomas. Well, much bigger though, much bigger. Um, Shamarco Thomas was smaller and was a smaller torpedo. You know, I always said Shamarco Thomas was a $25,000 fine waiting to happen. And that may, that may be true of, of Marcus Allen, but he is a bigger football player than, than Shamarco Thomas. So, yeah, I think um, he's got a little more of a rep for technique too, doesn't he, Jer? Um, Marcus Allen? He, yeah, he's a hard hitter, with but his, his, his technique is solid. He doesn't just lead with his head and, and not know, wrap gonna, people up. I'm not going to say something stupid like he might be the best tackler in a draft, but guess what? He might be the best tackler in a draft. He's, he, so, Mike, you're right. He's, he's very good at that. And, and one of the things, two things they wanted to emphasize uh, uh, this year, uh, you know, defensively is, is kind of, you know, eliminating mental mistakes through communication and improving their tackling. And, and, and you know, Tom Bradley is, is, is a stickler for that. And I'm not saying he's going to change the culture of the NFL by all of a sudden teaching guys or teaching them but getting them to tackle. But that's one of the things they wanted to emphasize. And so Marcus Allen uh, kind of checks two boxes there, uh, uh, you know, with uh, with that technique. Jerry, we both did so much radio over the weekend. I can't remember if we talked about this with each other or not. I'm with, but I'm with you, Mike. But go I, ahead. I was a little lukewarm on the Rudolph pick initially just because I didn't think now was the time to get Ben's potential heir apparent. I thought he's going to be here a little bit you longer. You always say heir apparent. How come not heir apparent? I don't know. I just it's screwed it up. All right. Well, uh, he has better hair than Ben. That is, well, uh, I'm yeah. still... I'm starting to warm up. Nice hair, I'm starting to warm up to it from the standpoint of there's a chance it might work out, and that's a chance worth taking because the position is so important. Uh, what, what are your thoughts after uh, letting it marinate a little bit? Yeah, Mike, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. Um, you know, they had a first round grade on this guy. Um, they really liked him. They considered taking him in the second round, except they felt the need for the wide receiver was greater at that point, which is why they took James Washington. But it's also the reason why they traded up a few picks to get ahead of Cincinnati, who they felt were in the market for a backup quarterback and, and might take uh, Mason Rudolph. The other thing, too, you know, Landry Jones' contract will be up at the end of the year. And so now they let him move. Maybe they even try to trade him and get something before his contract is up. Maybe you get something better than the fourth-round pick you used to draft Landry Jones. So... You know, in another year, Mason Rudolph's going to move up to number two, and um, yeah, I, my only my only complaint about the draft, with, as you know, my cousin, you you heard me talk about this, is their window to the Super Bowl is still as wide open as it was last year. They are a very good football team, and just about everybody is back uh, on offense and defense on this football team. Anybody who matters, obviously, not Ryan Shazier. But that window is wide, wide open, and their weaknesses are on defense. And so, uh, you know, especially in the middle of the field. So what happens? Three of their first four picks are offensive players. And so that's the problem I had with the draft. I didn't feel 
that enough attention was paid early to the defense. That being said, I liked every one of their first four picks. Uh, Jerry, it seems to me now, like after having listened to you and Mike and everybody in the past couple of days, they kind of got thrown a couple of different ways here uh, in this draft. So like you said, if they get Rashawn from Alabama, then they got their linebacker and then more of a traditional sort of uh, uh, pick for the 3-4 defense that we've always known the Steelers to, to employ. Now... They're thrust into this, all right, let's fill out the sub package. So was that, and then, oh, well, now the quarterback's available, uh, and we got to get a wide receiver. So it seems like they did a lot of shifting based on what was happening rather than following an aligned plan. Is that an accurate read or no? Absolutely, that's accurate, Randall. And, and, uh, And, you know, for the most part, I believe they do that every year. I think if they take Rashawn Evans. Now, you know, uh, Terrell Evans, uh, Edmonds didn't have, the highest grade on him by most people, not by the Steelers, but by most people. So it's possible, although I doubt it, they could have gotten him at number 60, you know, with their second-round pick. But I think if they take Rashawn Emmons, now maybe the scope of their first four picks change. I think you still see a wide receiver, and you still might see Mason Rudolph there, but maybe it goes, maybe it goes uh, you know, safety in the middle of the field, then wide receiver and quarterback. Um, I, I think the offensive tackle, though, might get eliminated, and maybe they go for maybe they go for the safety in the third round. Um, but I, I, I think I think that's kind of where it would have changed. I think if they take Rashawn Evans, then I think maybe it, you know the first four picks are two and two, two defense, two offense. But it was just kind of strange the the way it unfolded. But like I said, I I have no problem. I I don't mind the pick of the tackle. I think this guy, the offensive tackle, uh, Chooks, I think he has a chance to be to be um, uh, pretty good, and so. You know, um, and as Kevin Colbert said, you know, he gets a chance to work with Mike Munchak, and uh, he, you know, we'll see what happens with him. I, I, I kind of like that pick. Works for some, not for others. <laughs> yeah, Jerry D. Uh, all right, in the last thirty seconds, your grade overall on the Steelers draft. Well, it's funny, Randall, you say that because I, I've been thinking of that, and it's diminished as it went along, only because the lack of 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 uh, no, not paying attention to defense. So, you know. Um, uh, Getting Rudolph is pretty good in the third round. You know, I have it. I have it somewhere no higher than a B. All right. I'm. I still haven't looked into what the rest of the division has done. Any team uh, stick out to you there? Ravens, right? Yeah, Baltimore, Ravens. You know, Baltimore took a Lamar Jackson. I wasn't overly impressed with Cincinnati's draft. Cleveland got a lot of bodies. You know, obviously, um, I didn't like their second, first round pick. I think Lamar Jackson might be a pain in the ass for a long time. Jerry Dulac. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, also part of the Pittsburgh Steelers Radio Network, which broadcasts right here, your flagship for the black and gold, 102.5 DVE. Jerry D., thank you, sir. I lose you. Yeah, we got you back, but thank you so much. I just closed out the segment. It was wonderful. All right, brother. I'll see you. (laughs) Thanks, man. Mike Masuda, when we come back, pre-gaming for Game 3 tonight at PPG Paints Arena, the Capitals and the Penguins.com. DVE Sports. We are 10 hours away from the puck dropping at PPG Pace Arena. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now, getting you ready for uh, Caps and Penguins. Yeah, just don't be talking about Chad Cool tonight, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be watching. We got to all tweet. It's the first, the first reference he you know drops to the Buccos. You know oh, yeah. it's coming. 
Of course, on this day in 1958, yeah, something like that's coming. I don't know how. Oh, yeah, that's Ralph the, the birthdays, and that, that's yeah. standard. But I don't know how people nationally feel about that. But I think Doc Emmerich has earned the right to say whatever. Oh that, yeah, that uh, was a joke. Uh, I don't. It doesn't really annoy me. I just thought it'd be funny if we oh, shot no, Doc Emmerich every time he the mentions the Pirates. I was just. Oh, the bit I, is deserving of being ripped. I don't know if uh, the rest of the country appreciates that or not. But Doc is passionate about everything, including. Pittsburgh Pirates. Am I the only one who thinks that Pierre becomes more of a meathead when Milbury is there instead of Edzo? I think he's leaning meathead this uh, postseason. He, I think he's got to pick it up a little. What is he doing? I don't know. He's. I he, usually. I. I don't always agree with Pierre. I. I I'm a fan. Body work over the years. I. Well, you talk to people in the league, and a lot of people really like Pierre. And they said, look, he almost became the Penguins' GM, for almost. crying out loud. That's how well-liked he is. Mario almost got tricked into making him the GM. Oof. Well, and he's he's going 1,000 miles an hour all the time, and he's bouncing around doing all these games. Like, his schedule's unbelievable. His his bank of knowledge is His knowledge can't profound. be questioned. Yeah, yeah but he uh, can't, like, undergo this Zelig-like transformation into a Milbury disciple just because he's around him. Yeah. Got to got to play your game. It's driving me crazy. Got to be who you are. Sports itself, which sport. is not Canadian. He is not Canadian. Shh! Don't tell anybody. Always have to point that out. He, he he's uh, from Jersey. He's really trying hard. He <laughs> has. I mean, he's like one hour photo level stalker uh, of hockey players. He knows everything about their lives, their juniors, their family, yeah. where their cottage is. What year they played in the World Championships and what country it was yeah. in the World Championships. If they junior. ever got a rash. It's, on one hand, it's impressive. On the other hand, it's a little creepy. Well, it's thorough. Yeah. He's he's not uh, ill-prepared. No, he's not, but he's been a, a total meathead hanging around Millbury, so that drives me nuts. Sports This Hour brought to you by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. It is Game 3 tonight, 730 on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X, and on NBC SN. Uh, will Evgeny Malkin return? Will Carl Haglin return? Will Brian Dumoulin return? Like Sullivan said, everybody's a game-time decision. Dumoulin coming off a concussion was wearing a non-contact jersey in practice but otherwise participating as he normally would. Carl Haglund had a face shield on yesterday uh, in terms of when he comes back his response was quote not sure that's up to the doc we'll know more tomorrow. So did he have a concussion? I don't know like, what Haglund I know had. that he was bleeding and Val we were talking the other day he was holding his eye when he got off the ice. The wearing a face shield suggests to me it's not a concussion. Yeah. That it's something else. Me too, but I just assumed it was just because yeah. the impact to him and him hitting the... I mean, his head got rocked back, and he hit the ice pretty hard. He was asked if uh, him coming back in this series is a possibility, and he said yes. So he'll be back at some point, you would suspect. Uh, we'll see when. Penguins, uh, whoever uh, happens to be deployed tonight, have to do a better job on the power play. If you heard our Mike Lang segment, you heard Mikey talk about that, and it's uh, 0 for the last four games. The power play, 0 for 11 over the last four Can't postseason be. games. Can't be. They're 3-0 and in the playoffs when they get a power play goal. They're 2-3 and when they do not. Uh, that follows up on what they accomplished in the regular season. Uh, they were 15-21 and when they did not score a power play goal. That's so, how you equalize the physicality. That That is it entirely, and that's how you take advantage of uh, your perceived world-class skill level advantage. Uh, here's Justin Schultz talking about the man advantage. 
Just making the puck move, um, moving it fast and quick. They pressure hard, so um, making that move and getting shots, um, opening up lanes. They're always there. You can always create them. It's just about moving the puck quick and um, creating those. Yeah, take advantage of them coming at you. Move it quicker than they can. Uh, the old Herbie Brooks theory that the puck always moves faster than anybody else. Create a lane and let it rip and then uh, go from there. Uh, Mike Lang also brought up secondary scoring, and Mike Sullivan would be all for some of that. Well, I, I obviously, we're, we're a much better team when we get contributions throughout our lineup, and that's what we're trying to find is, is a little bit more balance. And, um, you know, as I said, it, I, I think we've had a fair amount of scoring chances we haven't, we haven't finished, and, and that's, that's the next step for us. But uh, certainly I know we're, we're, we're a much better team, we're much more difficult to play against when we get those contributions throughout our lineup. It's interesting that uh, both of these teams are kind of star-studded at the top. And the Caps got some secondary scoring in game two, but so far in the postseason, both have been relying on the big guns. The the best players have been the best players. Uh, for the Penguins, Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel each have seven goals. Brian Rust has three. Those are your most frequent scorers. Um, for the uh, Malkin and uh, Hornquist also have three goals for the Penguins. For the Caps, Ovechkin has seven uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov has five, and Nicholas Backstrom has three. Those are the guys that you would expect to be doing the damage for Washington. Uh, T.J. Oshie with three goals as well, another guy who is front and center when you look at that Caps lineup. So who, maybe this is going to be decided by who can get the best uh, secondary scoring the rest of the way. Uh, neither side has been living and dying with it so far. <clears throat> Big game brass. <laughs> yeah, it's about time, isn't it? About time. I, I was in Let's favor. See it. I was in favor of the trade when they made it, and I know that Ian Cole might come back to bite him, uh, particularly if Dumoulin is unavailable for any kind of an extended stretch. Uh, I don't think Broussard has played poorly in the postseason. In fact, his line has done well. He's played a good two-way game, but uh, he's got one power play goal in eight games. A couple of helpers, but uh, maybe there's maybe there's your secondary scoring. Uh, last but not least, uh, the theme of the day for the Penguins. As uh, outlined by head coach Mike Sullivan, don't worry about the last game. Worry about the next game and play your game, not their game. You know, one of the things that we talk, uh, our coaching staff uh, since day one, have talked about with this group is is what our team identity is. What what our what are our strengths? How do we play to our strengths to give ourselves the best chance to win? And we've got to be committed to that. Uh, game in and game out, and, and because that's what gives us the best opportunity to win games, and that's the most important thing. That's why we, that's why we uh, we line up every night at seven o'clock. So, you know, I, I think it's important that we understand what that is, and we don't get caught up trying to play somebody else's game. And teams have uh, over the last, you know, handful of seasons, teams have tried different tactics to try to play against us in order to try to uh, to try to beat us. And sometimes it's uh, physical play and aggression. Uh, that doesn't mean that our team doesn't have physical play or pushback. We certainly do, but we, we certainly don't want to get caught up playing somebody else's game. We're going to play our game. We're going to try to we're going to try to stay focused on the game that we know gives us the best chance to win. And that's just not a cliche or a catchphrase. You know what that is by now, and you know what he's talking about most of all. Don't get involved trading slashes and elbows and punches and whatever else with these guys if it goes that direction. Just keep going. Do what you do. And do it better than they do. You might even say, Randall, do that voodoo that you do so, so well. well. Now go do that voodoo. 
Uh, Jill Balmer is our winner of the Penguins ticket package for every home game against the Capitals in this series. She put together a video <laughs> where she dressed up like Mark Madden, and it really looked like Madden. And uh, boy, uh, she uh, she did a hell of an impersonation here of the Super. I, I mean, know. I only knew what half of the store was, like any of the cords and all that stuff in the back. Like I never really could. Nah, you stay up front. That's, well, house. that's what I would use it for. I'd use it for getting XLR car- cords and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. There, there would always be like headphones and stuff there that I always thought were like crappy. Fair. That's fair. You know, I would use it for getting adapter plugs and things like that. You know where I got a similar rush to that Radio Shack rush is at Brookstone because they have a lot of similar things at one end of the store, like, you know, just clock radios and different little gadgets and things you can buy, phones that light up. Remember that phone that you could see all the inner workings of? Like you could see oh, yeah, the guts yeah. of the phone? Yeah, yeah. Those were awesome. Just not as interesting as you'd like it to be. No. <laughs> a pink neon thing, I mean, going around the phone when it rang. But Brookstone has cool stuff. Like Brookstone are going stuff. out of business. Because nobody buys it. You go and you sit in it in the airport waiting for your flight, you're like, that was nice. Okay, I'll see you. No one buys the chair. No. No. And actually I had to stop going to the one at Ross Park before or, um at South Hills Village before it closed because I kept going in. To just use the massage chair, yeah, and they were on to me, and they, you know, the heat was right around the corner, so I had to get out of there. You know, you do your rounds at the food court. You stop by Brookstone once or twice. What a nice day! Afternoon, Brookstone, and it used to be Hickory Farms. I don't remember if you if there was a Hickory Farms down here. It was only in Erie, but it was like I don't remember Hickory Farms. Um, Well, that was their slogan, huh? Those are the two most abused stores because you wouldn't buy anything. They had samples. free samples. Yeah. Free rock, sausage. Yeah. You'd rock the samples. Go get a free like, massage. You know, one of these days, you're going to get me. It isn't today. <laughs> but thanks for this. I'm gonna. I'm leaning towards it now. I'm telling you. It was always a good uh, gift thing at the last minute. You go buy somebody a big sausage log. Yeah, no, nothing uh, says Christmas quite like a nothing. summer sausage. Oh, it's the greatest <laughs> I always thought that was the most disgusting named meat. There I haven't is. listen. I haven't got that have as a, a gift. Have a su- I want some summer sausage. Yeah, come on over. Let's go swimming, and I'll give you some summer sausage. <laughs> Bring is your cargo. That's right. Is it just that? Like you got to put that in a basket with some other stuff, right? Oh no, no just nothing that. but summer sausage. They were, they were ah. sizable, but they would they would put it on like they'd have like this glue plate <laughs> that was honey mustard. You know, it like and they would serve it. Like somebody had to hold it like they do at the Panda Express, you know, and right in front of the Hickory Farms. And you'd go by and they'd be like, summer sausage or whatever they had out that day. I don't know. It wasn't Doc Emmerich. Summer sausage. <laughs> Anybody oh like a bite of Oh, my God. The sausage is delicious. And on we go. <laughs> um, are they out of business? I believe they are. Okay. I believe they are. I was talking to somebody at, at the at a store in the mall, and they said that basically the online business is just doing the retail in because when you buy from their store online, they don't get credit. And if that store doesn't produce, like, because a lot of people will go in a store, look at it, go home and buy it online. Yep. The other day, some girl came to my door, like, clean water act thing. And I'm like, I'm 100% on your side. I'm just super busy right now. And she's like, well... I go, can you give me something and I'll, I'll donate later. I'll, I'll sign whatever. She's like, we really like you to donate now. And I'm like, I, I I know you do, but I can't. I don't know what to tell you. She's like, well, we recommend. I'm like, 
Look, I'm really sorry. I like it you, ends with you telling her to f off. Give me, and, right, and I'm on her side. You know? F that water. And it was pouring rain, and she's sitting in an umbrella. You know, she got an umbrella. And I'm like, I am on your side on this. I'm like, if you want to come in, fine. I have to work, and so I have a summer sausage. I got summer kitchen. sausage cooking over here. <laughs> she called the cops, and I ended up like sending it. <laughs> So, yeah, I sent it in by mail. She's like, well, now I'm not getting credit for it. And oh, that was her go. whole thing. She wasn't yeah. getting credit for yep. it. So it's not help the cause. It's further my interest. Well, she's got to keep her gig. I get it. I, I wrote a big apology note on the th- when I mailed in a check, and I was oh, like. You're way more patient than That's I am. Nice. Well, because wow. I felt bad. I was like, hey, please tell Melinda uh, I'm really sorry about her name. And that she. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I didn't have time to hang out. You know what I like it- about doors, front doors? They lock. They close. You know lock what really too. pisses yeah. people off at the mall stores, though? When you order something online and then you take it back to the store. Awful. I hate doing that. I, I won't take it back. I no? Get, I get anxiety about taking stuff yeah, back. Yeah, me too. I, I have a bunch think- of stuff in my trunk that I just can't pull the trigger on <laughs> really? walking in. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. They're always like, so what was wrong with it? It sucks. Give me money. It's not on you. It's just, it's, what it's do you not you. Them? It's me, you know? It's just, yeah. It doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> it's not you. This That's is- it. Yeah, you're trying to break up with uh, <laughs> with whatever store you're uh, returning items to. Hickory Farms. Hickory Farms. You can't return summer sausage, though. But to your point, <laughs> once like, you've broken into it, it's yours. With, with the online, like with them tracking and tracing every website that you go to, imagine in real life if you were in the mall, went into a store, and then they followed you, and they came up to you in the food court like, hey, still thinking about those shoes? <laughs> like, who the hell are you? Get out of here. I'm trying to eat free samples right now. That's why I don't like stores that work off commission because they, as soon as you walk in, they it's just too much. berate you. Yes. With, what can I help you with? What size? Can I get a fitting room? No. God. And then I always feel bad because that's their gig. And they're like, uh, can I help you with anything? And when you go, no, then I feel like a creeper. Because then I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, oh, I'm fine over here by myself. I'm not stealing. I promise. Right. Well, no, I, I say no to them the same way I do to like panhandlers. I'm always very assertive. No, thanks. I can't. I don't have any. <laughs> They're like, I was just trying to see if you needed help. What's wrong with you? Some are more aggressive than others, though. You want to help them out, help them make money. You want to get whatever you want. But it's, right. sometimes it's a little too much. Like, it's just, it's a Sunday. Let me go. Yeah. Because then you feel roped in. Like, you feel like you have to buy something. You, like, have to look at at least three items and check. Like, you have to look like you want to buy something before you can walk out. It would probably be like you're at a bar with somebody and somebody comes up to you and not saying, can I buy you a drink? Do you want to date me? Can I be your boyfriend? And you're like, I just, we just, we don't even know each other and I'm not going to commit. So this is why online shopping works. There's no commitment. No commitment. You get it. It doesn't fit or you don't like the way it looks or whatever. Or you rethink the price and you're like, eh. Just mailing it back, and I don't have to look at anybody, talk to anybody. The shame is all self-contained. True. But here's a crazy thing that's starting to happen online. I went online just to to research the Peloton bike because Serena's real into spinning. Uh-huh. Somebody popped up on a chat. Like, oh! hey, what's going on? Can I help you with something? I'm like, who the hell are you? It's a bot. I thought it was, I mean, she's like, no. hey, this is Kristen. What's going on? It's Alexa. Can I help you? Uh, what, do, what do you need here to get... To get you checked out. I'm like, huh, what I need? Some privacy. Ask her her middle name. <laughs> they, they want, it's, it's a bot. And then once you get to a certain level, they like, I'll connect you to the other person now. And then they connect you to a real person. I didn't know. Yeah. 
and that person will be in the Philippines. Wouldn't it be awesome if in person they were all bots that came up to you initially? What if it's Smarter Child? Do you remember Smarter Child from AOL? Did you ever use AOL? No, I didn't. Oh, there was like a bot that was just, it was like your first friend. Oh, okay. Mm. Smarter, smarter Child? child? You, everybody would just want to like mess with Smarter Child because. Wow, that's oh, we- yeah. that's a weird name. Oh, look into it, yeah. You know who Big I used to hate? Childhood. Sounds like somebody that the Steelers drafted this past weekend. What the fourth pick? Smarter Child. Do you remember the paperclip? That thing that would pop up every time yeah. you had some kind of spelling error or something? I'd be like, get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> At least ask Jeeves. It was like, you, it's on your time. Yeah. You know. I'll ask you if I need to know, Jeeves. What are you going to say, Mike? No, I was just thinking how Bill mentioned the paperclip and how things have evolved now and that Alexa... My neighbor's got one of those, and he's got a bar in his basement, and we like to get drunk and swear at it. <laughs> Did she take it well? So, it just eventually it'll just shut. That down. was like yeah. this. That, if I, if I could describe, if anybody wanted me to accurately describe Mike Pursuta, I don't think there's any other better way to say it <laughs> than, well, he's the kind of guy that gets drunk in his neighbor's basement and yells at his Alexa. I mean, it's incredibly swears at Alexa. It's incredibly funny. It's just yank you. Meanwhile, she recorded that whole thing and then emailed it to HR at iHeart. <laughs> Is this the kind of people you want working for your company? <laughs> oh, yeah, that stuff's all going to get played. Play Billy Joel. Not that Billy Joel, you... <laughs> all right, special thanks to KDO from Not Big Town, 104.7 for filling in for Val today. Thanks, Katie, you're the best. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Uh, also, big thanks to uh, Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette, Mike Lang from the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network, and Jay Caulfield from AT&T Sportsnet at 11 on the ice. The game's tonight at 7.30. Tomorrow, we'll have Phil Bork and Mark Madden on the show to discuss what will hopefully be a 2-1 Penguins lead in the series. That's right. Got to come out with a jump tonight. Congratulations to Jill Balmer. She wins the tickets for every home game this series, and there's going to be three of them. She's off to uh, root on the Penguins due to her uh, perfect Mark Madden impersonation that she submitted via DVE.com. And you can see her winning submission on our website, DVE.com. Michelle's coming up next with the Electric Lunch at noon. Did I forget anything? We got anything? We all good? All right. 78 degrees today. Right on. Enjoy the sun. Huh? What do you care? Yeah. I don't know. It might make for bad ice conditions tonight. I hadn't considered that. might get hot in the uh, old paint can. Oh, there. it's going to get hot in the paint can. Oh. Take Alexa out for a walk. Tell her you love her. <laughs> Be nice to your Alexa, Mike.